Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Yes, indeed, and welcome to the show, wherever you might be tuning in. Hello, and I uh, hope you're enjoying your day. Gorgeous day in Sydney town. Uh, blue skies all around. A few, a few clouds are out, but a lovely day. Sunday, the 2nd of January, 2022. Uh, Chris Warren with you for the next four hours. And as always, an open invitation uh, for you to be a part of the show. You can join the conversation by text 0457 736 736. So get them started or you can uh, jump on the open line. There is space there now if you'd like to have a chat about anything. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Weather in Sydney, uh, around about 29, top of 30, a little bit warmer out west, I believe, but pretty much sunny all day. Lots to talk about. Uh, as we edge closer to the opening day of the fourth Ashes test, uh, the team yet to be officially announced. Uh, we do know that Usman Khawaja looks set to return to the side uh, two years after his last test, uh, which was also, wasn't it, against England uh, on the 2019 Ashes tour um, as a direct replacement for Har- uh, Travis Head. It looks that that will happen. Um, it comes 11 years. I think it was 11 years after he made his test debut, was he? Uh, also against England and also at the SCG. Uh, Mitch Marsh, uh, Nick Maddinson and Josh Inglis. They've also been added to um, an expanded squad. Um, but it looks like uh, Kawaja Uzi will get uh, will get the nod. And it's only right, I think. Um, Travis Head, he, he, well, he got the nod, didn't he? Uh, pardon the pun, ahead of Usman. Uh, for the first three tests, but uh, unfortunately uh, is now um, isolating because of uh, COVID. Nathan Lyon is going to jump on the line. I look forward to uh, talking to him as well. Um, about one fifteen ish so stick around for that. Um, I want to pick his brain about what is going to happen. I mean, it's a really, really difficult situation our Aussie test team is in at the moment. It's a good problem, but... Uh, you've got to change a winning team. They're not going to just change a winning team. They're going to change a team that absolutely spanked England at the MCG, wrapping uh, the third test up in two and a half or not even two and a half days. And yet now we are going to change it. Um, Josh Hazelwood, you would think, if he is fit, well, he's got to come back into the team. And sadly, that will be, um, we, we think, at the expense of, of uh, Scott Boland. Anyway, we'll pick uh, the brain of Nathan Lyon. Look forward to having a chat to Nathan a bit later on. If you've got a question, by the way, if you've got a question you want me to put to Nathan, uh, send that through on the text line as well. And uh, I'll do my best to get as many as I can in. Uh, we, we, you can't hang around for long because they're, they're quite busy um, warming up or preparing for the, uh, the the fourth test anyway. But 0457 736 736 if you'd like to uh, put your own question to Nathan Lyme. Uh, the Big Bash also heavily affected, uh, not just by COVID, but also the weather. Last night's match between the Sydney Sixers and Melbourne Renegades up there in Coffs Harbour. Um, sadly, it was abandoned due to persistent rain. 
That's a pain in the neck, isn't it? I mean, imagine how much goes into organising a sporting event, whether it's cricket or whatever, Big Bash or... And teams travel up to a Coffs Harbour in this instance. So much work goes into it. I'm sure the local Coffs community were were promoting the event for for many, many days, if not weeks. Um, Plus the logistics and and the organisers at the ground, the event, the ticketing, all that stuff. And uh, sadly, kiboshed uh, by the weather. The other game on New Year's Day saw Brisbane Heat defeat Hobart Hurricanes uh, by 14 runs in Hobart. The Heat batted first, eight for, what was it, eight for 150. Uh, the top order, though, they failed to make much of a contribution. But Jack Wildermuth uh, batted at number seven. He got 28 off 21, and James Baisley blasted 44 off 27. In reply, the Hurricanes, uh, their openers, Matty Wade, he was caught behind for one. Ben McDermott coming off back-to-back um, centuries. He went for a duck. Uh, and then tail ender, Tom Rogers, he scored 33 off 20. So the Canes ended eight for 136. Um, and I guess we're at the halfway mark pretty much of the Big Bash League. Uh, Brisbane, uh, they win that uh, by 14 runs. They're now three and five for the season. And Hobart, uh, four wins and four losses. A doubleheader today in the Big Bash as well. Melbourne Stars play Perth Scorchers at St Kilda that match. Uh, that's starting at three. So we're on it all four, so we'll be across that one, the back hour of that. And I think uh, SENZ uh, joining us from three as well, uh, three-hour time, that is. Uh, then in Sydney at the showgrounds, the Sydney Thunder play Adelaide Strikers. That match uh, starts tonight at quarter past seven. Uh, in other BBL news, um, there is a thought that um, of maybe moving all eight Big Bash clubs to Melbourne uh, is one scenario that Cricket Australia is considering in a bid to complete the season. Um, I'm reading this, that insiders maintain discussions are preliminary. Fox Cricket understands the governing body is canvassing the possibility of shifting the six non-Victorian teams um, for the last fortnight of the regular season to Melbourne. Um, so there you go. We'll keep an eye on that. And they, they too have rising numbers daily in, in Victoria, COVID numbers, uh, but their thoughts are of using... The MCG, Marvel Stadium, St Kilda Cricket Ground and uh, GMHBA Stadium too, uh, Geelong. Um, I guess to turbocharge, it says here, the last portion of BBL 11. Uh, in rugby league, uh, the, around 480 NRL players are set to return to pre-season training next week. The NRL is expected to announce a raft of new uh, COVID biosecurity measures next week. I think... Um, one might be the use of a number of other players outside the club's top 30. I think that's being thrown around that idea. We'll have to wait and see. Um, the NRL, I guess, in many ways, wasn't it? It was the pioneer of uh, of COVID protocols when this all hit quite a while back now. God, what is it? A year? Two? I can't even keep track of it all. So it wouldn't surprise if, if our game, again, thinks a little bit outside of the box um, with a whatever-it-takes type mentality to uh, get the new season up and running. Uh, also in uh, rugby league, and uh, not good news, unfortunately, for uh, Blake Ferguson. Um, he's been arrested in Japan for allegedly possessing cocaine. Former Parramatta Eels winger. Um, he was preparing to start his new career in rugby union, wasn't he? Um, he signed a deal to join former Wallabies coach Michael Checker, who is the director of rugby at the NEC Green Rockets in Tokatsu in the Japan Top League. 
He's 31, Blake. Um, but it looks like that new venture has got off to um, a less than positive start. So we'll just have to keep a, an eye on that space. As I say, allegedly. Uh, other rugby league and uh, news too about um, Joey Leilua. You know, he that was punted from or Canberra, punted from West Tigers and was going over to uh, play with Featherston Rovers in uh, in the UK. It looks like that deal is now off. And I don't think his expletive-laden acceptance speech uh, following his professional boxing debut um, helped his matter, Joey Leilua. Um, we won't go into that too deeply, but uh, he shot his mouth off once again. And uh, it looks like that has now cost him uh, a contract in the UK, which he probably hoped may have helped him springboard back into the NRL. Does not look like that's going to happen. Uh, on the theme of, of boxing, uh, we're also going to look back uh, on a handful of the big moments in boxing from last year. Uh, the top five, in fact. Now, Mark Warren from uh, Rocked Podcast, he's going to join us a bit after three. Um, he's going to give us his top five boxing moments from the year that's just gone. And he's also going to throw a few predictions for what might happen in the ring in 2022. And uh, they may well be a couple of left field predictions as well. In football or soccer or call it what you will, just the one game in the A-League yesterday, Adelaide United thumping Wellington Phoenix 4-0 at Cooper Stadium. Uh, it's the Red, Yeah, it's the Reds' first win of the season, isn't it? Ending a five-game winless run. It uh, was the only game scheduled for round seven. The remaining five matches were uh, rescheduled following postponement, postponements rather caused by uh, COVID cases in and around the leagues. In uh, in England, the English Premier League, a few games overnight, um, including, it. well, the bumper clash between league leaders Man City and Arsenal. Uh, City won the match 2-1. They scored um, a goal in stoppage time. Um, but the Arsenal fans, uh, they're under the microscope. There were a few fireworks there. They hurled, I think, uh, they hurled abuse and also some water bottles and, and other things at uh, the City players. So... Uh, we'll go through that as well um, a bit later on. Uh, Tottenham, they were away to Watford. They beat Watford 1-0. And uh, the other match, West Ham, played at Crystal Palace, winning 3-2. Uh, in the NBL, just the one game on uh, New Year's Day. And keep those texts coming through. I can see them coming through already. So that's great news. 0457 736 736. Yeah, NBL, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, they, they failed to cash in on a, a winning position. Uh, Melbourne United too strong in the fourth quarter of that match, winning seventy six to seventy two. Uh, the Jacks gave up a, a two point a three quarter a two point rather three quarter time lead, um, only scoring three points uh, in the opening eight minutes. So um, they let an opportunity uh, slip there. All right, uh, what else have we got for you? Uh, we'll talk about the Usman Kawaja thing. We'll do all that with Nathan Line again. If you've got questions you'd like me to put to Nathan on your behalf. Uh, shoot them through. In tennis, um, Australia will begin its campaign uh, tonight in uh, what they're calling the Group of Death at the 16-nation ATP Cup at Sydney Olympic Park. Uh, the Aussies are led by Alex Dimonor, uh, and they face tournament favourites Italy tonight. Good luck, fellas. Uh, our number one ranked Aussie uh, faces some pretty stiff opponents too, not just tonight, but in the coming days, including Russian world number two, Daniel Medvedev, Italy's world number seven, Matteo Berrettini, and world number 35 from France, Hugo Humbert. And against those uh, fellas, uh, the demon, 
has an 0-5 record against those upcoming opponents. Just back on the cricket too, um, I didn't say New Zealand um, and uh, Bangladesh, they're in action, aren't they, in New Zealand. Uh, day two of the first test over there, uh, and New Zealand batted first 328. 328, uh, they were all out. Uh, so Bangladesh uh, batting now. I'll bring you up to date on the speed of that one. That's been going for a while. I think they're just... Uh, after the, the the lunch break over there. Uh, Devin Conway, though, for the Black Caps. He was the star of the show on day one for New Zealand, uh, out for 122 in what is his very uh, first test on home soil. So there you go. Lots happening in the world of sport. We don't like to take things uh, too seriously here. Uh, we'll kick back a bit. We'll have a bit of fun. Uh, but, you know, it always helps if uh, you guys and girls are part of the show. So don't hold back. Join the conversation. Um, one other two, one other issue you might have some thoughts on. I'm, I'm reading in the Telegraph today. One, uh, I believe it's a Sydney club, is toying with the idea of maybe splitting its roster into Team A and Team B or Squad A and Squad B in the event that one player or more gets uh, con- contracts COVID-19 or is a close contact. So therefore, rather than the whole... 34-man or 30-man squad having to isolate, uh, just that Team A would have to isolate. It mightn't sound too silly. Obviously, I think they'll have to be given a few more players. So they're looking at maybe let's have a squad of 34, not 30, and that gives us uh, two teams of 17. A little bit radical, um, but, you know, it might be worth considering. I think in these uncertain times, um, you might have to expect some uncertain measures being taken by clubs. Um, that article there is depicting a hypothetical with, with Canterbury, but it's not Canterbury, um, but it might be worth considering. And as I say, the ARL Commission, they'll hand down, um, I think, a raft of new biosecurity protocols uh, next week when uh, all those players do come back to pre-season training. Well, uh, Cowboy Dan is in the house. He's over there and uh, he's back in business. I haven't seen him for a, a couple of days. It's mm. I haven't seen you since last year. Correct. Happy New Year, Chris. And to you. Did you have a good uh, Friday night, New Year's Eve? Friday night, New Year's Eve. I did. You did? I did. I I, uh, I drank far too many shandies. Did you? Yes. Yep. And Tim the Tool Man, if he's listening, he'll be happy for me. Yep. Um, paid for it a little bit. Yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, was it yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I've I've been out there. I've done a couple of swims, and uh, I'm all good. I'm firing now. I'm done your seven a.m. swim. Ready for the whole new year. I've done my swim. Good. No, not seven a.m. Do you know? Actually, today I was supposed to do a big ocean swim, a, a competition swim. Mm. Well, oh, what? Well, you know, I just yeah. make up the numbers. Yeah, you couldn't. Well, I couldn't because it it it, it started at ten a.m. And I had to leave, yeah. so I had to do a, just go and do my own swim. But down there on the beach, there were about 500 people down there ready to go for the big swim. Very good. I've done it before. It's a big 2K ocean swim. You wouldn't have been here, though, Chris. I wouldn't have been here on time, but I really wanted to do it. We didn't find any coffees either. Oh, it's very God. annoying. Everything's closed. Yeah, I know. It's, I can't believe it. Yeah. How are we going to get through four hours without a coffee? We are going to be talking to Chloe Amanda Bailey, Channel 10 reporter. Correct. She's going to drop in later on. Yes. In about, for a bit of a chat. About one thirty. yeah. Well, she's working today, mm. but she's also, they're not far away. She's going to find time just to pop in for a chat. She loves her cricket, loves her footy. I might just send her a little text message and say, hey, if on the odd chance you see a cafe open, would yep. you mind bringing us, what do you, what do you want? Mocha. Mocker. Do you know what that is? Yeah, my kids yeah. have them. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. They're very on, nice. When we go on camping yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a huge coffee drinker. 
So mocha. Well, it's not coffee. No, exactly. It's coffee and half mocha. coffee. Hey, Bangladesh, by the way, you're asking. They're none mm. for 33. Okay. Off 11.3. 3.28, the black caps yes, got, do they? Correct. Right, well, there you go. Up to date. See, we are up to date. And we'll yep. uh, bring you the, the big bash one later on. We're calling what the later one? Uh, yes. Do you know? I'll yeah, you on the spot yeah there. definitely calling it uh, the later one. I think Jimmy Smith and from memory, Doug Bollinger uh, in the chair from around about 7 o'clock tonight. So that'll be good. Dougie B. Dougie B. Who He's back on deck tomorrow. Yes, with you in the morning. Avec moi. Yeah, and I'll be here too. Good. I think we're going national tomorrow. We are. We're going into Melbourne. They like us so much. Yep. They're sending us right around the country. Correct. And that's good. on Tuesday as well. Yep. And then after that, see you later. Cricket. No, I'm gone. Where? Having a holiday. Oh. Break. How long for? A couple of weeks. That's not allowed. Well, Who's going to do this show? You. I don't know. You I won't know. need me. Yeah, you won't need me. Anyway, um, that's that. Yeah, so, yeah, and I was going to do the swim. Yep. Um, boys Uber Coffee Eats, the coffee get creative. Oh, okay, oh. sweet. Who's sending that in? I think it's Rooster Man. How do you know? How do you know his number? It's got no name on it. No, just, just from other texts I can see. Thanks, Rooster Man. That's a good idea. Uber Eats, really? Yeah. Yep. Why don't we do Chloe first? We'll ask Chloe first, and yep. then we'll, we'll um, do uh, – we'll, Check out Uber Eats if we need That's to. That's a good idea. Keep those coming through. Uh, this one here as well. Uh, why not just let New South Wales Cup players step up on existing contracts if required just for 2022? Well, I think, um, is that Rooster Man as well? That I think, is Rooster Man. I think that is going to happen. Rooster Man, I think that is going to happen. And that's the easiest way to do it. So let them, um, all of them, be able to play NRL if required. Um, but as for splitting the squad down the middle and having um, Team Blue and Team Red... Just in case, I don't know if that is uh, is going to work. Anyway, look, keep those texts coming through. Great to uh, have you involved already. Um, one three hundred oh one eleven seven. You want to pick up the phone and have your say? You can do that as well. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You um, you might like to uh, let me know where you're listening to us from. If you are on the app, welcome to you. You might be listening to us up there in Queensland through SENQ. Correct. You could be on the moon. For all I know, I think the app it would work there. Transmits from the from the moon. Yeah. If you are up there, um, let us know. All right, time for a break. Uh, when we return, uh, we'll get through a few more of your texts. We'll go through some uh, some latest stories, um, not just rugby league, but cricket as well. Um, and also a bit later on, we're going to talk to cricket broadcaster and podcaster Paul Dennett. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's of the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, where uh, Jaleesa Rapps also. Yep. Uh, spends a fair bit of time yep. on there. Look forward to chatting to him. Um, those that tune into uh, NRL Higher Ground throughout the year with me, and then we generally had the NRL match day on a what day was that? Sunday. On, on a Sunday. Uh, the Prophets Guru uh, from BeforeYouBet.com.au. He's going to join us a bit after one as well. Look ahead to maybe some early markets for the upcoming NRL season and more. Looking forward to that. As I said, uh, Nathan Lyon. Um, he will jump on the line around about quarter past one. Look forward to talking to him. Chloe, Amanda Bailey, she'll be popping in about half past one, possibly with uh, coffee in hand and also a mocha for uh, Cowboy. That's a coffee. It's sort of a coffee. It's got caffeine in it. Sort of a coffee. Matt Bungard from uh, Wide World yes. of Sports, he's going to jump on the line too and talk uh, football, English EPL, Premier League, yeah. and a whole lot more. Um, and then, as I say, uh, a bit of a boxing chat in the back hour. Uh, Mark Warren from Rock Podcast. Yes, the same surname. Good reason for that as well. Uh, and Brett Phillips, BP, uh, TBC. He's got his handful out there at Homebush with the ATP Cup. 
Uh, he, I believe he's a ground announcer out there as well as other commitments. So uh, if we can get him on the line, we will and see uh, what's happening today, where that is all up to, and then maybe a bit of a preview to, uh, to Australia's, uh, I guess you call it a tie. Correct. Like yeah. the Davis tonight. Cup, you'd call it a tie uh, against Italy mm. tonight. All righty, uh, you're listening to Sports Central with me, Chris Warren. A break and back with more. Central on SEN. You are indeed. Chris Warren with you. Exactly 25 past 12 here in Sydney, 25 past 11 in Queensland. Welcome to all of our listeners. Uh, Let me know where you are listening from. If uh, not in Sydney, if you are on the app, um, shoot me a message, 0457 736 736, or you can just hit the button there, I think, on your iPhone. You don't even have to know those numbers. Um, Keep those texts coming through. Loads coming through, actually, which is great. Uh, Rooster Man's been on the line again. He's saying, why can't they just play that BBL game, the one that was in Coffs last night, uh, Sydney Sixers against Renegades, and washed out, abandoned? Why couldn't they um, just play it this morning? That's from Rooster Man. I don't know. I really don't know. You, You would think maybe they, well, they're there. Don't know. Short answer. Sydney Sixers don't play again until Tuesday. Hmm. So they'd have a bit of a break. Well, it's yeah. all hinges on broadcasting arrangements, you know, and broadcasters probably got other things happening and can't do it today. Mm. Um, okay, and, yeah, it's I'm sure it is around broadcasting. Whether the ground's available, I'm sure it is, but um, that's probably the problem, uh, Rooster Man. Um, but, and the broadcasters would probably have to say, look, okay, we, we can't broadcast it, so we'll just we'll take that loss, but at least you get the game away. Um and the, other, and the other thing, sorry, the Renegades play tomorrow night in Melbourne at this stage against the Melbourne Stars. So that could potentially have something to do with it as well. Mm, okay. Um, Roosters also see he's got a, a very good multi going on. Well, we'll talk about that later, Rooster Man. We can't just dominate. We can't, can't become, um, you know, Sports Zone with Rooster Man. Be a good show. Sports Zone with Rooster, Rooster Man, Man for four hours. Sports Central. Sports Central, Sports rather. Central. Dif- Sports Central. Show. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Well, let, no, let us know how you get on with that, that multi. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I was saying there was uh, fireworks uh, early this morning, or actually yeah. late last night to be uh, precise, wasn't it? Um, Man City beating Arsenal 2-1 in the English Premier League. Big drama there, though. I Look, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I've seen a couple of highlights. I didn't watch the match in full. No. Um, Mark's on the line, I believe. Mark, watch that game. Mark, thanks for joining us, mate. How how are you? Good, Chris. Happy New Year to you and Cowboy Dan. And to you. Uh, a few dramas last night, huh? Oh, indeed. I was listening to it on the TalkSport app, actually. Yeah. And um, radio lend a whole new clarity to, shall we say, the indignation that Arsenal uh, fans and players felt because mm. uh, they interviewed the Arsenal coach and one of the players after the game, and they were absolutely filthy about inconsistent calls from the VAR, yeah. who, ironically enough, is an Australian Australia, by yeah. the name of... Yeah, Gillet. by the name of Gillet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, because uh, I believe it went along the lines of the goalie brought down one player in the box, and Arsenal was howling for a penalty there, mm. and both the referee and the video referee said, no, nah, forget about it. Mm. And then later on, there was a call in later in the game where Arsenal had a penalty against them and it was w- within the last dying minutes of extra time. And the uh, Man City player got a goal and that uh, sealed the game for them. Mm. And they were both filthy afterward with regard to the um, inconsistency of the call. So my points would be, in short, number one, I agree that VAR needs to be more consistent. But number two, and tying the... Um, players and managers uh, interviews after the game in with the NRL, they got to freely speak Mm. of how they didn't agree with the officials' calls. 
Now, if that was the NRL, mm. the NRL would be on these blokes' backs and they would say, you're bringing the game into disrepute with what you're saying. You'll find X thousand dollars. Mm. And I think that is a very big inconsistency that the NRL needs to address. I mean, the EPL is basically the biggest soccer league in the world. Yeah. And you don't see the EPL raising indignation about coaches and players speaking freely about how they might disagree with the VAR. Mm. I think the NRL needs to take a good hard look at something like that, pull their heads in, and give the coaches and the players mm. free reign to be able to express their opinions, especially when the NRL's VAR calls are as bad as they have been over the past couple of years. They've got no place to say you have no right to bring the game into disrepute and find players and coaches when they're trying to express a free opinion when their VAR calls are so bad they're howlers mm. consistently. Mate, yeah, really good point, Mark, and well well put as well. I mean, I think Ricky and uh, Trent Robinson, they'd be a couple of coaches that would be saying, Mark, yes, please, we want that as well. And look, I'd like to see it. I really would. And it probably adds a bit more theatre too, doesn't it, to the post-match and let the let the, the coaches speak freely. I don't know what they're so so afraid of. Um, I just think you've got to draw the line when they sort of, if, if you're getting personal um, against any individual, you know, that's probably crossing the line. But I think every NRL coach, like they do in the EPL, they... They should have the forum to express what they what they really think. Tell me, Mark, you um, what was the um, what was the last straw? What was the real catalyst um, for the, the Arsenal uh, fans um, throwing objects, etc.? Was it in response to city celebrations, or why did it all kick off? Well, I don't know specifically, but I feel it was a mix of things because um, after the last goal scored by Man City, their player ripped off his shirt, charged over to the Arsenal fans and mm. just basically howled, howled like a wolf at the moon. Oh, so, of course, that's going to set them off. But I mm. feel the uh, major thing that really set Arsenal fans off was the uh, inconsistent VAR calls because yeah. um, Arsenal was up 2-1 earlier in the match and it was just these calls that really uh, put the game six feet under for them. And mm. they were throwing toilet rolls and fireworks and all sorts. And, yes, I don't agree with the, uh, shall we say, fireworks being tossed because, I mean, you're not going to really get um, a concussion from a toilet roll hitting you in the head. But um, I agree with their sentiment in that the bad VAR calls really cost Arsenal the game. And, Mm. I mean, they would be indignant because it was the first game of the season. Mm. All right, good call, Mark. Hey, thanks for staying in touch. Uh, Pick up the phone any time and have a great new year. Thanks a lot, Chris. You too. Great stuff. There he is, Mark from Quakers Hill. That number, if you want to have your say, see, I won't bite your hand off. It's nice. Nice to talk to you guys. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. No, fireworks, I mean, that's just not on. No. Not on. I mean, that can be bloody dangerous, and as can flares, and we've seen that in years gone by, haven't we, with one certain Sydney club? Yes. Um, not that I'm pointing the finger, but the toilet roll stuff... Yeah, it's not going to hurt anyone, is it? But I tell you what, what about the poor bloke that goes to the goes to the loo busting for a number two and there's no toilet paper? That could be dangerous. A break and back with more. Great to have your company this afternoon. 25 to 1 in Sydney, 25 to midday in uh, in Queensland. Um, 0457 736 736. That's the text line if you want to get involved with the show. Join the conversation. And thank you to uh, Roosterman, also to uh, Khan from Newcastle, Tim the Toolman. I'll get through... Uh, your texts uh, when I can. Uh, we're going to talk a bit more cricket now, a bit more cricket, and uh, and why not? We're just a few sleeps away, aren't we? What day is it today? Sunday. So Sunday, Monday, yeah, three sleeps away. Uh, Correct. Until the, well done. Thank you. The fourth Ashes Test. Got to be honest with you, and I can, I can almost see our listeners sort of nodding mm. as well, though. Mm. It's pretty easy to sort of lose track of the date uh, at the moment. Absolutely. The days. Yep. yep. 
No, it is. It is very easy. It's that no man's land between Christmas and New Year and beyond the festive season. It is very – so don't take the mic – don't point the finger at me because I wasn't quite sure what day it was earlier. Hey, at least you turned up today, so you knew you were on. I know what day it is now. Yes. Right? Because you're on doing Sports Central. Thank you. Yes, I am. Joining us uh, in a moment to talk a a bit of cricket, uh, I'm sure, because uh, our our Aussie cricketers are getting themselves uh, steeled up and ready, uh, hopefully for a a whitewash. From uh, Cricket Unfiltered, uh, Paul Dennett joins us on the line. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you? Hey, Chris. How are you going? Mate, I'm really well. Uh, Really well. You can't complain, can you? I mean, you can complain, but no one's going to bloody listen. (laughs) When the sun's shining, everything's good. Our cricketers are winning. Uh, mind you, they've, they've had a, a few disruptions, as we all know about now. Uh, Travis Head in isolation, uh, obviously, and, well, it looks like Aussie Kawaja will, will get a recall. Yeah, and I'm pretty happy about that. I think that over the years, he's been dropped a couple of times when he's been a little bit unlucky. I think he's um, had less chances than some others have had, and so I'm pretty happy for, for him to get another chance. And um, hopefully we actually get some cricket in. The, the weather forecast is... Not the greatest, although I think that sometimes people get a bit more pessimistic. I actually think mm. we might get a full test match. Um, it looks like it's not too bad. You think, uh, well, we'll only need three days if we have a couple of, <laughs> couple of <laughs> No, uh, Yeah, okay, well, let's hope so. I mean, and it just bloody always seems to rain, doesn't it, around the, the pink test for some reason uh, in, in recent years. Um, that's certainly the case. Uh, the, the, there will be a change or more than one change. So Travis, we know, can't play. And, and Uzi, we think, will be the man to come in, uh, almost more than think. Um, but Josh Hazelwood, I guess it, you know, it, it's it's difficult to change a winning team, particularly a team that has won so convincingly in Melbourne. But on the other side of the coin, you just can't leave a player like Josh Hazelwood out of Australia's top 11. No, if Hazelwood is fit, you just have to play him. And... Poor old Scott Boland, there's a, there's a possibility that could be the end of his test career, which would be highly unfortunate, although it would be a, a wonderful story for him to tell as the years go by. What I'm a bit concerned about is the, the notion of picking Mitch Swepson simply to try to give him some experience. And I think that mm. we're, we're leading 3-0 now, it's all wonderful. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility that if England get the better of conditions in Sydney, they could hit back and then mm. day-night test match in Hobart. If we were to win the Ashes 3-2, it would be suddenly a, a big, a much different complexion on the series. And I think, you know, Scott Boland did pretty well on debut. So if we have to have Mitch Swepson making his debut on one of the subcontinental tours um, mm. coming forward, then I'm, I'm fine with that. We didn't fare so well, uh, did we, um, against India, their recent, their last tour here. Um, and yet we are faring very, very well against England. I was reading an article today, I think it was written by Crash Craddock, and uh, he you know, very simply pointed out, well, you know what, England has won, I don't know, what, one or two of the last 13 test matches. India um, has probably dropped only one or two of its past dozen test matches. So they're, they're very different teams. And, and England, uh, do, let me ask you this. Do you think it's because we are playing so well, certainly our bowlers are, or more the fact that, that England just aren't up to it? Well, certainly I think we're playing better this year than, they, than we were a year ago. But I think the problem with England is it's no great secret that cricket has long been a sort of a niche sport over there. And mm. I was down the park the other day and the cricket nets were full with, with kids playing. You just don't see that in England. And since they moved behind the paywall at the end of 2005, that young kids are growing up have as much exposure to cricket as Australian kids have exposure to polo half mm. the time. That They did a survey a while ago and John Cena, the wrestler, was more mm. well-known by 
10-year-olds in England than, than um, Alistair Cook at the time. And I think that unless you've got a family who's a cricket-playing family or you happen to go to a really posh school, you just don't play. So the talented kids uh, are not playing and it's an ever-dwindling band. And the one thing that they could do well would be to uh, take advantage of the, the huge sort of British-Asian population but they've had all the problems there with institutional mm. racism. So, mm. yeah, I, mean, I think Australia's just going from strength to strength. Yeah, we, we touched on this uh, last week, actually, and, and I lived over there for a number of years, more than a decade in England, so I, I know the lands, mm. landscape pretty well. Um, but you're right, you're right. They're, they don't have the sort of access or the exposure to um, to cricket like, like we do here in this country. And, well, that's that's our good fortune, but probably missed opportunities for them. And I think changes may well need to be made because they, they are certainly lacking depth. And um, that's anything but the case for us at the moment, isn't it? Isn't it refreshing to see uh, that we've got so much depth, particularly in the bowling ranks? We could pick five sides and our bowling would be strong in the fifth side. There are players that are mm. no chance whatsoever of playing test cricket, um, who would be absolutely fine. Poor old James Pattinson retiring at the start of this summer probably possibly regrets that decision now because he looks at Scott Boland, who was always his junior partner at Mm. Victoria, getting a test match, and he was in and around the squad in recent years without getting a game, albeit he did play play in the past. But we've got players like uh, Harry Conway for New South Wales or Liam Hatcher and uh, Joel Paris from Western Australia that most people haven't even heard of. If they were thrown into the test side, they'd do a more than serviceable job. Mm. Um, a text here from the Toolman. Uh, he says, uh, G'day, fellas. I, I hope Uzi does get a start in the uh, New Year's test. It's his, his old home track and well-deserved if he gets a crack at the Poms. No, he does. And it just goes to show, too, you you bide your time. Um, what is Uzi now? 35. He probably thought when he was overlooked um, for, for Travis Head that it, his time may have gone. But just goes to show, doesn't it, Paul? You've you got to be ready. You've got to be available and, and anything particularly in the current climate, can happen. Absolutely. I mean, you look at Adam Voges years ago, that if someone had said to me that Adam Voges would play test cricket, I would have laughed them. Laughed at them. He's had a, a brief test career with a, a batting average in the 60s. It's just um, yeah, strange things happen in this sport. It wasn't that long ago that David Warner was on the fringes of being dropped from the side. He's gone and won a World Cup and now scored plenty of runs in the Ashes so far. And I think that Kawaja, with the exception of a couple of poor years, his record in Australia, year in, year out, has been really impressive and I remember him making his debut I think it was in the 2010-11 Ashes and the the crowd at the SCG really roared for a new player I can't believe it's been a decade but yeah as as I said before if he he gets another opportunity it looks like he does then um, I'm more than happy for him. I wonder if it will be a um, a final opportunity for him if Travis is available for the fifth test I guess he comes Straight back in, but I guess it's, it's two. You can't look that far ahead. Aussie's numbers really stack up, though. His average in Test cricket is is forty point six six. I think I'm right in saying, and um, his average in Shield at four sixty runs this this season was uh, sixty five. So he's seeing them well, um, and I really hope he he makes a fist of it. The two spinner, um, well, it comes around every year, doesn't it? Do we play two spinners at the SCG? Uh, it's no longer you know, the spinner's paradise like it, it used to be. In fact, to the contrary, what do you think the chances are of Mitch Swepson getting a baggy green? He's definitely a chance. I, I think they'll probably only go with the one spinner because the forecast is not for baking sun, that, uh, that it's going to be overcast and a bit of drizzle. And the, the, the curator himself said that if, if that's the case, it's probably not going to spin too much to, towards the end. So... 
I think Swepton might have to wait a little bit longer for his baggy green, but I don't think it'll be that long because we've got nine test matches in the subcontinent uh, throughout the rest of this year. We're going to back, back to Pakistan in March for the first time in a generation, and he'll definitely get um, an opportunity there. Same with Kawaja, that mm. his um, strange thing was that his record in, in Asia was very poor until he um, made that amazing century in saving a draw for us in 2018. Yeah. Um, in, in the UAE. So he's every chance of, um, of figuring as well. And I hope mm. that they um, look a bit left field and give Glenn Maxwell a go because he's an Asian um, specialist as well. And mm. um, I'd love to see him play some more test cricket, although it's probably not going to happen. And with Aussie too, I, I think I, I'm right in saying he hasn't played, would it be right? He hasn't played a tour in Pakistan or, or one in Pakistan. I'm not quite sure if I've got that because that's his country of birth, isn't it? Uzi Khawaja. So, um, yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, he's never played in Pakistan, but none of them have. Um, no. the, the last time Australia played in Pakistan was, I think, 2002. Um, well, that's or, right, or yeah. not, not, actually, might have been in the, the late 1990s. Um, so that it's, um, we've been playing, we played a, a match or two against them in Sri Lanka. We played matches against them in England. And that's then more right. recently, not, not in it's always been the UAE. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And by all accounts, it's one of the great tours to, you know, one of the great countries to visit. So um, it's great that we're going to be back playing there again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, just, just with Aussie, um, I don't know if he's a walk-up starter for, for Sydney. I, I think he is, but there's a couple of other options too, and um, obviously they've brought Nick Maddinson and Josh Inglis in, um, and I don't know if we're getting ahead of ourselves saying Uzi is, is nailed on, um, but either one of those two um, would certainly do a job as well if needed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Mitch Marsh is um, there yeah, thereabouts as too. Mm. Yeah, but I'm I'm a big fan of Nick Maddison. I've watched a fair bit of Shield cricket, and since he moved down to Melbourne about three years ago, his record is superb. And the thing I like most about him is that he he really gets on with the game, and uh, he's very attractive to watch and exciting to watch. And I think that that's what's been so good about Travis Head as well. But as as much as Australia's done wonderfully this summer, um, we've been a little bit on the slow side with some of our players, and so. If someone like Maddinson was to play, then um, I'd have no problems with that. But I think that Kawaja, it'd be pretty unfair if they left him out at this point, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah, Pakistan, 98, was it? 1998. I'm just, uh, Dan just sent me a text as the last tour of Pakistan. So, uh, geez, you, you forget. Mm. God, time flies, doesn't it? That long ago. Ridiculous, yeah. That long ago. All right, well, mate, thanks for jumping on the line. I appreciate uh, the chat, Paul. Just to give your, give your podcast a bit bit of a plug, if you can. Yeah, it's Cricket Unfiltered. Jaleesa Raps is hosting, and... Um, Andrew Mental, who you had on a couple of days, a couple of days ago, is a co-host with me as well. So, um, yeah, you get it wherever you download your podcast apps, and we're recording a show today. Great stuff. All right, Paul, enjoy the rest of your day, mate, and um, have a wonderful summer and great New Year. Thanks, mate. You too. There is uh, Paul Dennett from uh, Cricket Unfiltered, so you can find that where you get all your good podcasts. We will take a break shortly. Keep those text messages coming through. Mark from Prairiewood got yours. We'll get to that as well and quite a few others in there. Uh, if you do have a question for Nathan Lyon, um, get them, send them through. Send the questions through. You won't have much more time. He'll be joining us uh, around about quarter past one uh, Sydney time. So shoot those questions through and I'll, I'll put as many as I can to Nathan Lyon. You're listening to Sports Central with me, Chris Warren. It's coming up to 13 minutes to one in Sydney, 13 minutes to midday in Queensland. Hope you're well. Nine to one in uh, New South Wales, nine to midday in uh, Queensland. Uh, let us know where you're listening to if you are listening through the SEN app. Great to have your company. Gorgeous day uh, here in Sydney town and uh, the weather has been nice, hasn't it? We had a, a fair bit of yuck weather for a couple of weeks. 
Not too good up in Queensland too. I, I see that uh, that cyclone or a Category Two is sort of moving moving south. So for all those of you that uh, from from Sydney, let's say that uh, we're looking forward to your your holiday up around uh, the Gold Coast and beyond in Queensland. Uh, I had some friends as well. Uh, we're up around Byron Bay, but they spent five days there and it didn't stop raining for the the whole time. And I, mm. I think pretty much cut short their trip. I did. Thought let's get back to Sydney. Um, feel sorry for them because you're looking forward to it. Yeah. You make all the bookings and yeah. and things have to change. Uh, and the forecast didn't look good at all, as I say, with that, that inclement weather. Uh, well, more than inclement, oh. heading heading south. They decided, no, let's get out of here. Gone. Gonski. Um, keep those texts coming through. Got loads of them to get through uh, as well. And I'll, I'll read out a few in a moment. And um, as I say, Nathan Lyon will be jumping on the phone in about uh, 20 minutes or so. So uh, if you've got a question for, for Nathan, send that through and I'll... Um, I'll read that out or ask Nathan, uh, Nathan on your behalf. So, Uzi Kawaja, um, it says here, and I think it's a Sydney Morning Herald, he's looking for a Chris Rogers-style finale to his test career as Australia avoided more COVID chaos before the fourth test. Travis Head, as we know, remains the only positive case in the Aussie camp, so that's good. They've all been tests and cleared. They've all been tested, the players. Um, all players and support staff have been cleared of infection. This was uh, yesterday. Uh, I see also um, both camps are being invited onto the SCG. I think tomorrow they're going to get a chance to bowl out there on the, on the decks at the SCG. So the makeup of the Aussie team, they are going to have a good look at the pitch before deciding what they do. I think it's probably a little fanciful to expect them to play two spinners. But, um, you know, you hear the likes of um, Shane Warne and, and others saying, um, let's get Mitch Swepson in there. Um I don't know, but I don't know how you're going to do that. Again, it, it hinges very much on uh, what Josh Hazelwood is able to do in his final sort of uh, warm-up or medicals. And But if he's given the given the green light, he comes straight in uh, at the expense of uh, Scott Boland. Uh, Mitchell Stark, anyone thinking that he might be rested? I, I don't think that's a, an option, to be honest with you. Um, and he's the only quick to have played all three tests, isn't he? Um you might think it's a bit of a heavy load, but given the fact that you know, the third test didn't last long, he's had plenty of time, uh, Mitchie Stark, uh, to uh, to get recharge his battery. So I'm sure he'll be uh, good to go. Um, what else we've got? Uh, now, another a story in cricket, uh, an option they're looking at is playing the back end of the Big Bash League um, all in Victoria and set up like a, a hub-style format for that. So uh, we'll keep a, across that. Makes a bit of sense, doesn't it? They've got plenty of venues down there. Uh, whether it happens or not, I am not so sure. And if you're just joining the program, uh, former NRL star Blake Ferguson, um, he has been uh, arrested in Japan for allegedly possessing cocaine. Former Eels winger was uh, hoping to uh, kickstart his career in rugby union. So that is not off to uh, a good start. Keep them coming through. Toolman, uh, g'day. A few shandies, shandies, New Year. Hope you uh, reduce the dash of lemonade for the special occasion. Toolman, no, I still had a dash, but thank you anyway. Stay with us. A break. The news and back with more. Welcome back to the show. Chris Warren with you right up until four o'clock today. So still here for a few hours. Uh, keep me busy. Keep me company. Um, get involved with the show. Join the conversation. If you want to pick up the phone and have a chat, we can do that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line number uh, or the text line. You should know it by now. 0457 736 736. At around about 20 past one, uh, one of our, our best ever 
bowlers. Nathan Lyon will be uh, joining us here on the show. Um, so I'm asking if you've got a question for the GOAT, um, send it through. Send it through via text and I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I've got some other. See, some of you listeners know me quite well. And so, right, this is it. Running joke. I have a dash of lemonade in my, in my schooner, right? All the time? Yep. Really? Oh, I know someone else You got a problem with that? that? No, no. No. Well, no. One of our listeners does. Tim the tool man, he takes the pee out of me just because I do that. I like a, ta- a little dash of lemonade in my schooner on you. So I have a friend who uh, does that and another friend that won't go to the bar and order their drink. Well, lose them as friends. They're not, <laughs> not friends. Well. If it's all about them. Yep. Right? No, it doesn't like ordering that. No, drink. wipe them. No. Wipe them. No. Yeah. No. My mates, they'll they'll take the take the mick, yep. but but they'll always go no, up and ask for the dash. No, yep. of course they will. Yep. That's why they're still friends. He will do it if he they just... chose to do what your mate does. Oh no, I'd he doesn't. Them. He just doesn't like it. Yeah, I need more than two or three friends. Correct, correct. I'm living proof of that. Hundred percent. Um, Mark <laughs> says, Chris, how much is a dash of lemonade? A teaspoon? A tablespoon? How many mils? Can you even taste it in there? Yes, I can, mate. It just takes a little edge off it. It's nice. Oh, I'd say it's about oh. Um, I'd say a couple of two or three table, a couple of tablespoons. Mm. Yeah, mm. sort of like a about five mils at the bottom of the. You got to put it in the bottom, by the way, yeah. Mark. If you want to follow my lead, yep. you can't put it in the top. No, it'll just go over, overflow. Bottom. All right, got to be okay. bottom. And uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, if you've got more questions rather than just whether it's a teaspoon or tablespoon of lemonade that I have in my beer, um, let's throw something a little bit more um, at uh, at um, Nathan Lyme. Okay. He doesn't want to talk about that sort of stuff. So get the text coming through, and I'll put them to Nathan Lyon. Now, um, through the throughout the year, the Prophets Guru, he has, uh, I, I hope, helped a few of our listeners, uh, well, not line their pockets, but get their noses in front with the odd uh, mm. tip prediction. Uh, and he's from beforeyoubet.com.au. And I haven't spoken to Guru for quite some time. Happy New Year, Guru. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year, Chris, mate. Thanks for having me. How's your break been, or or has it been a break? You've been on holidays, or how was your Christmas period? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Currently down the south coast of New South Wales, so enjoying that. It's beautiful weather, so I cannot complain. Are you uh, normally head south rather than north, or is or is that your general place of destination for holidays? Yes, yeah. So we've got family down here, and uh, we stay down here, so it's, it's fantastic, mate. I love it. All right, beautiful. Well, the NRL teams, Guru, they're uh, they're having a bit of a break at the moment, but they are back in action next week, I I believe, on mass, and uh, we are going to be um, we're going to be hearing about COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm sure we are. How we deal with it, um, I don't know, but the ARL Commission, um, I think they're set to uh, implement a raft of biosecurity protocols. So let's just hope when they do all come back next week, um, COVID is not all we're we're hearing about. Let's look at, um, well, where do we go firstly? Some of the biggest improvers that you think, some of the teams who maybe have recruited well and uh, might improve on last year's performance. Um, who do you think the biggest improvers will be in 2022? Look, Chris, I think the biggest improver out of any side of the competition will be the Sharks. I think they've recruited quite well. The, the two players they got from the Storm in Nico Hines and Balfour not only bring a lot of talent to the club, but they bring a lot of experience experience and a good attitude. I think that'll work well. And then you throw into the mix Craig Fitzgibbon as well. So they're currently $17 to win the Premiership. I think it's maybe just a a bit of a stretch beyond them to get there. But they actually had the makings of a half-decent squad and just had a few pieces of the puzzle to kind of come together. So 
I think they'll definitely make the eight. There's a bet floating around for them to make the top four, I think, around about $3. So I think that's mm. worth some thought. But I'm, I actually think the Sharks have performed quite well. The other team, which I think will improve, is a team that needs to improve, and that's the Broncos. If they were... They were poor last year, but the best signs that they showed in their team was towards the end of the season. The last few games, they finished well. They've offered, uh, they've added some experience with Reynolds at halfback to their side. They've got uh, Capewell from the Panthers, and I think they actually might be a good chance to make the bottom half of the top eight. They're generally a side that has uh, the draw which favours them. So generally seven-day turnarounds, they you know Friday night games, and they they're allowed to get into rhythm a lot more than other sides. So mm. they're a team that I look out for as well to make the eight. They're paying three dollars. Mm. Well, that that seems very feasible, doesn't it? Uh, and you know they could be a club just just that one player. You know, they have got talent, but they looked a little bit rudderless, didn't they, the last couple of years? And Adam Reynolds, I mean, he could make all the difference for Brisbane. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, look, there's still question marks around their hooker. Um, I think it was Turpin who played a lot of nine mm. last year. But perhaps adding Reynolds to seven will take that pressure away from him. I also got to remember that Katoni Stagg spent majority of last year out of the side. If he comes back into it and plays that 5-8 role as expected, he's a real dynamic ball player. And he's he's the type of Cameron Munster sort of player that'll take the line on more often than not. And if Reynolds is steering the ship around, that'll really free up a few of the other players to, to take control of their side. You throw into the mix Payne Haas and Flegler. Mm. There's a lot of talent there. It's just about making that team rise. So Stags, you reckon, will we'll start at six. Okay, who will... Uh, I'm just trying to think. We'll start at uh, fullback, we're thinking, for the Bronx... Um, yeah, I'm not sure at this stage. Perhaps Asako. Yeah. Um, well, he you know, had a few mistakes in him last year. But, yeah, I, I think um, Stag has been flagged play 5-8. Mm. Well, that would be good, wouldn't it? Um, uh, you forget you forget that he had a, an injury um, interrupted season very much last year. All right, Brisbane around about $3 to make the top eight. And Cronulla Sharks, your other big improver. Um, you mentioned um, the likes of Dale Finucane. Um They've got a few players coming there, haven't they? And also Cam McGuinness too. Don't forget him. I think um, he missed the whole of last year. So three bucks for the Sharkies to make the top four and about $17 for Cronulla to to win the premiership. Any other teams you think might be on the improve? Well, look, I think a team that you've always got to be wary of is a side like the Roosters. Uh, not their best year player-wise last year with the, the amount of injuries that they had, but they just had players that were willing to step up and almost say, well, that person's not here. I'm going to take the uh, responsibility this year. And I think that'll actually serve them well. You, you saw guys like the Butcher Brothers really step up. Um, the, the outside back, Sawali's going to have another year. You've got Sam Walker in the halves, who's benefited from a year of mm. playing you know, behind a, a behind a pack, which probably wasn't going as, as strong as they should have. And then you throw into the mix, Luke Curie coming back in. Tedesco's in red-hot form. Mm. If you had to, if you said, here's, here's $10 in place, place that money on who you think is going to win the comp. I think the Roosters are one of the best-placed teams. Maybe they're a, a front row short of you know having that real momentum to go forward in the middle, like that a few other sides have, but that could easily be developed. And, and the guy, uh, Lindsay Collins, he, he got injured towards the end of the season, and I, I'm 90% sure he played the first origin. There's a lot of talent in him, and if he really takes control of that pack with the Rio Hargraves, mm. they're going to be going quite well. I hope they can get another good season out of out of Jared. I'm sure they can, um, but he, he does have to. He shouldered a fair bit of the workload last year at the back end, and uh, 
Uh, look, he's a, he's, a, he's a great player. What sort of odds are we looking at, Roosters, to win the Premiership? Uh, Timmy Manor was on. I was talking to him a few days ago. He's got the chooks down. He thinks they are, they are the title favourites or should be. Yeah, they're $7.50 at the moment. Uh, mm. Look, I think the Panthers are very well. You talk about teams well placed to go back to back. I don't think there's a team better placed than the Panthers are in the past few years, just in terms of their young squad and what they're developing there, the confidence. They're going to be strong. The only thing that might stop them is perhaps a few injuries in the origin period and the amount of fatigue that builds on them. But they're, I, look, they're $5 to win the comp. Storm are 5 when you kind of get out to the Roosters at 7 50 But I don't know. It, there you go. There's an early prediction. Penrith, uh, Penrith Roosters going forward. Well, you heard it first. What's the date today? 2nd of Second January. 2nd of January. 2nd of January. <laughs> uh, Profits Guru, January 2, Panthers Roosters GF, okay? You heard it. Two days into the new year. Uh, Mark from Prairiewood says uh, Tessie New would play fullback for Brisbane. That is one option too. Uh, they've got some quality outside backs, haven't they? The Bronx. I think they just needed a, a consistent number seven, um, a game controller, and I don't think there's any better than Adam Reynolds in, in that regard. That's why I, I say he could be just just what they're looking for. Righto. So uh, Brisbane, the Sharks, and, and the Roosters on the improve, you think. Um, on the slide, give me give me a couple of teams that might be um, teams that po- possibly might go backwards in 2022. Yeah, there's a few question marks here. The first team which comes to mind are the Parramatta Eels, and each year and at the beginning of last year, there was a lot of doubt around them, and they struggled in the middle uh, stages, and they actually came good towards the end of the year. But what we've seen recently is a few big players leaving. Uh, some have to remain there for this year and you, you can't question a player's ability to give it his all in that setting. But what could happen is if this team loses a couple of games, motivation kind of wanes a little bit and it's it's difficult for a coach to get that back together. And Brandon Ross is capable enough, but I'm not too sure if he's, he's faced with this challenge before. And they've kind of, I guess, underachieved. And if anything, I think the, the premiership window for the Eels might might have closed, so I think that could lead to a decline. Mm. It might not happen, but I think they're a vulnerable team, if anything. Parramatta fans, what say you? There you go. The Prophet's guru, and he's not called the Prophet's guru for nothing. He's got the crystal ball. He can predict the future, and he's suggesting that the blue and golds might go backwards in 2022. You might say that this is their their window because they've got players moving on after this year, Para fans. Let me know. 0457 736 736 or pick up the phone and, and have your say. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Any other teams, Guru, that you think might be on the decline in 22? Well, if you're looking at decline, you start at the top. I think the Rabbitohs uh, outshone themselves this year and finished runners-up in the competition. Yep. I'd be very surprised if they were to land in the same spot. A few key players have left their side, but what you have there is they're still a very fast team and the rules are going to suit them. Rookie coaching Dimitriou at the helm might pose a question mark. I think they're set for a decline. I still think they're better than half the teams in the competition, though. So I think they'll still make the eight, but it won't be in the top four, probably in the bottom half of the top eight. Mm. All right, Guru, thanks for jumping on the line, interrupting your, your summer vacation. Have a wonderful festive period um, and great new year as well, and, and we'll hopefully do it uh, all again in 2022. Before you go, mate, I get I get a bit of stick in here because I like a dash of lemonade in my schooner and you, right? Uh, what's, your be- <laughs> what's your bevy of choice? Mate, I'll just have a schooner with you and a dash of lemonade. I'm up there. A very good friend of mine who's a, uh, who's a former Jillaroo yeah. has exactly the same... 
uh, Dasha Lemonade in her schooner Thank as well. You. So she's quite she's quite well known. There's a there's a uh, young young women's cup named after her. So I'll leave it at that. But she has exactly the same drink. So oh, yeah, good well. company there, mate. So there you go. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Um, so there you go. Anyone wants to uh, criticise me for putting a dash of lemonade in my scooter and you go and jump. Um, <laughs> take care, Guru, and uh, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk again soon. Thanks, mate. Always a pleasure. Great guru. stuff. And that's uh, that's the Guru, and you can find all of his stuff there uh, on beforeyoubet.com.au. Uh, and this one here, no, no, Rooster Man says, I'm with Tim, the tool man. Go drink twoies and get some hair on your chest. Oh, Paige in the lift is not going to go for a guy with a dash of lemonade. You're a funny man, Rooster Man. You are a funny man indeed. All right, we're going to take a break, hey, and when we return, hopefully we'll have uh, Nathan Lyon on the line. Great to have your company wherever you might be tuning in. Only a few sleeps now until the Sydney test, and uh, we're all looking forward to it. We don't know what the, the makeup of the 11 will be, but I think we've got a fair idea. Joining us on the line is a man who certainly uh, will be able to shed some light on that. It's a very good afternoon to Nathan Lyon. Nathan, how are you, mate? Thanks for joining us. Uh, pleasure, mate. Well, I mean, uh, the Sydney test, uh, where do we start? Firstly, the, the COVID I- interruptions. I mean, how big of a disruption has it been to, to your preparation? Uh, yeah, obviously not never ideal when you get uh, COVID and come in and come into the group. But um, lucky enough, the team seems to be um, got on got on top of that um, ASAP. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate that Travis is going to be, be missing out. But um, we're at the SCG now and just about the crack in the training to uh, make sure our preparation is uh, up to scratch. You've been involved in clean sweeps before, Nathan. Um, how important is is a whitewash for you guys? Is is it something you, you talk about? Something you're aiming for clearly? Oh, it's something you clearly clearly aim for. Um, we haven't actually spoken about it as a group, but um, I've never walked into a test match or, or a test series thinking I'm going to, going to lose one. So um, and we're definitely aiming for 5-0, for um, but we've got a big challenge here at the SCG before we go down to Hobart, which is going to provide a big challenge down there and under lights as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the last thing you need is to get complacent, and I'm sure you won't. In terms of the, the team changes, I and mean, we're in a very good position with uh, such a strong bowling attack at the moment, uh, can you give us an update on, on Josh Hazelwood, and do you expect him to come into the eleven? Um, I saw Josh yesterday briefly. Uh, he, he said he's going okay. He's feeling good. He had a decent bowl at, um, yesterday. Um, so he'll, he'll come and train tomorrow. Uh, today's an individual session, so it's um, basically get what you need, but he, but tomorrow is our full full blown session where it will be uh, full intensity. I'm expecting him to train uh, full intensity. So whether he's right for this one, um, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but um, he, he'll let the coach and captain and selectors know that uh, he, he's a big boy, so he doesn't mm. need me to make his mind up. No, <laughs> it's a tough old business, though, isn't it? And you've got to feel for Scotty Bowl, and if he is the one that's squeezed out, um, such a, a big big performance on debut from him at the MCG, but. I guess that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, yeah, Scott was um, absolutely incredible down at the FCG and obviously he's played a lot of games and games out there and he knows that that, um, that ground at the back of his hand so he, he played extremely well and some, someone who was very proud to uh, see go out there and perform the way he did. And great to see Aussie get a, get a recall. Um, we're expecting him to slot straight into the number five position. Uh, well, yes, I've got Tony Doddenade next next to me. If you want to answer all those questions, I've got absolutely no idea. But uh, yeah, it's exciting to have uh, that much strength um, in around the squad. Um, so it makes uh, Australian cricket very healthy. So uh, no, very, very, very happy.
and, and you know, and, and whichever way they go, you've got the likes of Nick Maddinson. He's been brought into the squad. Josh Inglis as well. Mitch Marsh. So uh, not just depth in, in bowling stocks, but uh, some batsmen as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I think in the current climate with um, how how big COVID is at the moment, I think it's quite important that you have uh, a few, few guys on standby who, who can come in um, if someone does unfortunately go down with COVID. But uh, fingers crossed that that's not the case and we can come and prepare and play a really decent brand of cricket this week. Yeah, I know it'll hinge on the, what the deck is is playing like at the SCG. Nathan, it's been a while. It's no longer the spinner's paradise that, that it once was. Um, w- would you like to have another spin option with you? And do you think Mitch Swepson will be given a chance? Or is that a question for Tony? Uh, yeah, that's another question <laughs> for Tony. Um, but um, to be honest with you, I think you've got to pick your best team, uh, no matter what conditions it is. Um, if, if two spinners suit those, those best conditions, then, then you play two spinners. If they, if, if, if it suits three spinners, you, you play three spinners type, type thing. So that's out of my pay grade. I think yeah, um, another question for Tony but for you, but uh, I'm pretty sure if you give him a call, he, he may answer. <laughs> Uh, Stevie O'Keefe was last to partner you, wasn't he, um, in a Sydney test? That was back in, what, 2017. W- what are you expecting the, the Sydney deck to do? Uh, to be honest, mate, I'm not sure. I, I actually haven't even even seen the wicket yet. I'm about to go out there in about half an hour's time to to have a look and, and talk to the curators, but um, I'm not, not really sure. Um, and there's a bit of weather around as well, so we're just going to have to uh, see, see what um, is... On, on the cards for, for day day one of the fourth test. Can I ask you one, mate? I've got this a text from Rooster Man. He's saying, can you ask the GOAT your most memorable wicket in test cricket? Uh, most memorable? Uh, good question. Um, probably bowling Sachin Tendulkar through the gate in um, Chennai. Lovely, lovely. And the team song, mate, you're still in charge of that. You, you, you enjoy that part of the celebrations? Uh, it's probably one of the most proudest moments of my career when I was able to um, get handed the team song. So that's something that uh, I absolutely love love doing um, and something that I'm pretty proud about as well. So, yeah, yeah very much so. Mate, great guns. No, thanks for taking time out, mate. I know you've got to go and train yeah. shortly. So uh, thanks for joining us and all the best for uh, yeah. uh, the fourth test and the rest of the series. Too easy, mate. Thank you. Great stuff. There he is, the goat, the goat, Nathan Lyon, joining us here on Sports Central. Um, He's in a little bit of a hurry because they've got to get things uh, happening there, but I do really appreciate uh, and thank uh, Nathan Lyon for uh, for joining us uh, here on Sports Central. Um, Keep those texts coming through as well. Uh, Toolman here. Um, has said, well, that was there. Oh, yeah, I've already asked Nathan a question. He wanted me, oh, this one from Mark, wanted me to ask uh, Nathan, um, what would his drink of choice be uh, for Ashes celebrations? Is there um, someone in the squad that has a dash of lemonade in their beer? Do you know what, Mark? I guarantee you there would be someone in the Australian cricket team that has a dash of lemonade in their beer. All right, let's just leave that. Just move on, you guys. Get over it. It's not a problem. Okay, it's it's my problem. I, I, I don't need any more stick, all right? Uh, this one, Toolman says, why any news on Novak's Novak yet? Um, I would hope he, he vaxxed and, and don't get a, a medical exemption. Go Rafa. Well, that's the thing, see. We still don't know. I'll be talking to Brett Phillips a bit later on, BP. He's out there at, at Homebush uh, with the ATP Cup, and he is busy at the moment. He's juggling all sorts of balls. Um, uh, BP. Uh, the green ones, I mean, the green furry ones. I'll ask him later what the latest is, and I don't think, I think he's in the dark as well. You see, Novak won't, for whatever reason it is, um, 
I don't know if you call it human rights, he, he won't reveal whether he's vaxxed or not. However, if you are not vaxxed, you cannot come into the country and play at the Australian Open. It won't happen. So if he does walk out there um, at Melbourne Park, you might think, well, he's vaxxed. Well, no, not necessarily. Um, he could be given a medical exemption. Now, the trouble is, or the difference, not really trouble, we won't know about that. So again, we won't know the vaccination status of Novak, even if he does play, um, because they have a rule that, that those medical exemptions, you don't need to reveal them. Um, and I guess that's with any medical exemption or you go and see a doctor, it's a fair bit of confidentiality which is involved. So uh, if he does turn out, we still won't know if he's uh, vaxxed or Novak, Novaxed. I hope he does. There's so much at stake, but go Rafa, hey? Rafa's down there. He's, he's had it. Um, he's had it, and uh, he's going okay now. Now, uh, talking of, of uh, COVID, uh, Glenn McGrath has been diagnosed uh, positive. So that's a blow, isn't it? Um, ahead of uh, the fourth test, and we know how much great work the, M the McGrath Foundation do or does. Um, but its president uh, and, and co-founder, Glenn McGrath, has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Chloe Amanda Bailey uh, is making her way um, into the building. Um, I've sent Cowboy Dan down because we're a bit short of hands here today in North Sydney. Um, very short of hands, actually. He's gone down to the, uh, the foyer uh, with the security pass to uh, admit Chloe Amanda Bailey to the building. And hopefully they're in the lift. Hang on, hang on, hang on a second. Here they come. Is the door he comes. You're back, big boy. Yeah, I have bad news, though. No coffee? Couldn't find coffee anywhere. Apparently everything closed in Sydney. Well, I did say to Chloe, I said, don't go out of your way. Um, but, however, if you do find coffee, we'll be eternally grateful. Never mind. Look, we tried to. Can you believe it? She apologised straight away. That's all right. Yeah. She's done her best. That's all you can ask exactly. for. Done her best. So 100%. we'll talk to Chloe very, very shortly about uh, Glenn McGrath. And, and uh, she's a cricket nut. Absolute cricket tragic and loves a footy as well. So, um, and taking a bit of time out of a day as well. I hope her bosses don't find out at Channel 10 because she's just sort of ducked down here for a little. That's okay. Oh, I'm sure she's doing nothing. That's fine. Nothing untoward. As long as she gets the job done. Correct. I think she's preparing the bulletin later on. Yep. For the news. Exactly. As long as it's full. Yeah. Be fine. Great. Fine. Brilliant. All good. Yep. No one will complain. Uh, Question for the GOAT. Well, he has gone. He was on a little bit quicker than I, I thought. Uh, yeah, well, Rooster Men, I've got that for you, mate. Most memorable wicket um, through the gate, Sachin. Yeah, nice. Nice. There was something going around, too, on social media. Did you see it yesterday? I think it was Brett Lee, uh, Chris, Christmas Bowl. And see, so he yeah. took the middle peg out of... Katie Brown mentioned this uh, on mm. Friday on Call Time. Still she really likes it. Mind yeah. you, it was point blank. It was like yep. a five-metre five, five metre pitch. How would you go facing Brett Lee? I'd go right. You'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. On my pitch at home? Yes. My home deck? Yep. Yeah. Your home ground. I know the bounce. Yep. You'd be I'd fine. I'd be fine. No issues. No issues. My deck, by the way, my backyard cricket, it is, um, I've been through this before, it's on a, a gradient about 35 degree gradient. Okay. So you're yep. bowling uphill. Yep. Good. Bowling uphill, not Good. really. You'd be fine. Mm. I need to get the mower out actually as Have well. Have you painted your fence yet? No. No. Okay. I built the fence. I told, I told yeah, you, you I told built me, the fence because yeah. the kelpie yeah. got out. Yes, but you haven't Kelpie painted. tried to get out again on um, New Year's Eve with the fireworks. Uh, glad you were home. Were you home? No. Oh, dear. I was on the syrup, drinking shandies. How do you know it tried to get out then? Uh, Neighbours told me. Ah. Uh. But 
he couldn't get over the fence. I ju- see exactly right height the palings I saw. Well done. There you now go. You just need to paint it. Now I need to. Well, that's not for me to do. No. Um, what else we got? Who else we got? Keep those texts coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now you might have a question for Chloe Amanda Bailey. She's got a very very big social media following. I've been well, I've found out because I've I've been doing some googling and searching and mm. my goodness, she's got some followers on. Twitter and Instagram. More than you? Oh, mate, a hundred thousand times more than me. I don't use Instagram for work stuff. No. Um, Oh, yeah, no. Blows me away. Very popular uh, on the subcontinent. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so we'll talk to Chloe next. You might have a question for Chloe. Um, Let me know. Send them through. 0457 736 736. But as I've said... Um, I guess it's breaking news. It's come out this morning. Glenn McGrath um, is the latest to test positive to COVID. And we'll go through that with, with Chloe. Hopefully, though, he will be right for um, day three? Day three. Day three, day three um, yeah. of, the, of the pink test. Um, uh, but that is a blow. But you know what? Everywhere we look, people are going to be getting yep. COVID. And it's going to be a, a common occurrence. So, so you've just got to get used to it, I think. And probably we're all going to get it eventually. Well, I didn't know anyone um, up about a month ago. And now I've known about four or five people. So it's everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, again, uh, Mark from Quakers Hill, who, who called us up earlier Correct. on, he said, uh, "Chris, get an uh, Uber yes. Eats, get an Uber Eats driver to drop some coffee off to you." Um, source takeaway style from your local Maccas. Well, nothing against Maccas. I, I do like Maccas, but I don't particularly like the coffee from Maccas. And there we you go. I said it. We haven't tried that delivery. Well, you're the. Yet. That's your job. But you're you're the producer. It's part of your part job of description. Surely, things, yeah. apart from getting guests in audio, surely is Uber Eats. Do you want me to try? Yeah, will yeah, you? I can try. All right. Well, let's take a break while you do that. And next up, Chloe Amanda Bailey. Yes, you are. And uh, the good thing is, um, I've now got company in here. Not no, no disrespecting Cowboy Dan. No, I mean you're here, but it's great that we've got now um, a plus one. Here and Chloe Amanda Bailey is in the studio. Oh, do you feel bad now, cowboy? Yeah, Dan's yeah. crying in the corner. Very oh. upset. No, good to have her here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Nobody puts On baby lovely, in the corner. Yeah. Dan, get no, out of the corner. No. Stop crying. <laughs> Pull yourself together, boy. I'm fine. I'm good. Right. Okay. Pull in the Sunday shift, boys. Might go make myself a coffee. Okay. Go and do that. That's I will. fine. Yep. I Don't will. mind us. No. Oh, well, I couldn't find coffee. Was that a burn to me? Wow. I tried. It was not. It was a little blemish against your name, <laughs> minor. But look, you've 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 got you've got some ticks. That's the first okay first blemish. Okay. But to be fair, we tried to get coffee too. We've scoured all of North Sydney. I walked around for twenty minutes. Couldn't find anything. I thought you were going. Yeah, I'm going. Bye. <laughs> well, I have um, had two coffees today, so, I'm oh, good. so someone's bouncing around. <laughs> all right. Well, that's good. Um, well, before we talk sport, cricket. Footy. We're going to talk loads of stuff. We'll talk about Glenn McGrath. We'll want to talk about Justin Langer. We'll want to talk about Uzi Kawaja. Um, Nathan Lyon was just on. He didn't stay for too long, Nathan Lyon, but he wouldn't give much away reselections. Uh, New Year's, what did you do? I um, tried to avoid COVID like a boss and had a quiet one. <laughs> oh, well, lots of people are cancelling plans and things, and I was just like, low key with the family. That's good, which is exactly what I did on Christmas. I haven't seen you since Christmas, oh, no. by the How way. Christmas? So, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You too. We drank margaritas and we played lots of cricket. Did you? By the pool? Yeah. With Dad? Yeah. Does he drink margaritas? Uh, yeah, he oh, he's did, a lightweight like, he oh, did. What? He did. I'm getting, I'm getting uh, stones thrown at me because I have a dash of lemonade in my schooner. And your dad, who's probably older than me, is drinking margaritas yeah. by the pool with little umbrellas. 
Well, we didn't have umbrellas, but uh. my brother tries to, you know, do the salt on the rim, and I always just like wipe it straight off because I can't deal with that much salt. It's no good. Either. Yeah, no good for your bl- blood pressure. Yeah, All right, we played so lots had... of cricket. It was super fun. Backyard. Yeah. But, well, so my dad lives near a rifle range, and oh, geez, it's just be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's far enough away, but the Look whole Paul rifle umpiring. <laughs> <laughs> we have just a whole flat eight hundred meter field that we can wow. we hang out in. It's so how many fun. players do you round up? We only had uh, we had five of us. Mm, it's a big field for five. That's all right. Yeah, That's it's good. Fun though. Well done, you. Drag the auto bin up there for the stumps. Big target, the auto bin. <laughs> yes. Did you paint the stumps on the auto bin? We um we just used from like the white painted mm. on council thing down. Yeah, hard to miss the auto bin. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, my auto bin it went missing a couple of weeks ago. Actually, my my red one went missing. Someone used it for cricket. Must have done. But then a lady dropped a, an envelope in my letterbox saying your red. Bin is down here at blah, 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 blah. If you want to come and pick it up, don't know how it got here. So anyway, so think. I tell you what, when you lose your garbage bin for a couple of weeks, it's a hassle. It's a problem. Well, what did you do with your rubbish? Well, I had to stockpile it and stockpile it and then put it in my car and then take it down to the beach and dump it into a, a bin down there. Really big problem. Anyway, um, a New Year's Eve, a quite one, New Year's Eve. Yes. Well, I worked... Because I got the Christmas week off, you yep. know, in media, you yep. generally get one or the other, or you yep. get lucky and work both. Um, so I've worked. I've oh, been well back done. at work. Well, you're looking refreshed this. and Thanks. raring to go. Righto. Um, cricket, Glenn McGrath. So he's, that was this morning, was it? Well, we just positive. got the news through just after 1 p.m. that he's tested positive. Um, I think he's okay. Obviously, this is the pink test coming up. It's a big fundraiser mm. for the McGrath Foundation. They are hoping that he tests negative before Wednesday. Um Oh, sorry, mm. before the third day of the pink test, three. which would be Saturday. Um, come on, everyone's days just blur into one at this time of year. I was saying that year. before. I forget what day. It, <laughs> it does. Like... Don't worry about it. does. So January 7 would be day three. Yeah, which is Saturday, I think. I'm, I'll be there with my brother. Um, so oh. they're hoping he tests negative and he'll be there, hopefully. Your brother? So you, you working or is that just going to be a... No. Oh, no, we've got that day off. I always try to take. So I will be working the couple days in You've the lead up. You've got stuff together, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, and I've got, okay, here's the thing What's about What's bro's it. name? How old's bro? What's Chaz. his name? Chaz. He's 36. 36? Yes. I say he's the uh, older brother. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So was he, you were talking about, uh, in terms of Justin Langer, right, all this stuff going mm. with, with coach Justin Langer, right? And you're reading it, depending which paper you pick up. Mm-hmm. Reading between the lines, it looks like he's gone. Yes. I've been saying for weeks I can't I can't quite understand it. I can't get my head around it. But everywhere I look, it's sort of and there's another article today by Crash Craddock saying, you know, the the scars from uh the player revolt, if I think that's too strong a word myself, but they haven't really healed. Um and his time will be up and now is the time to head off on a high. I think it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, I think. Um, and if your brother's a bit of a sample just for, you know, every, everyday man on the street, I think most of the public would also say, like, give him another contract. Yeah. So absolutely. Last time after we had our chat, um, and I agree with you. And the other thing too, if it's that dire that these scars aren't healing, well, then how do we have such mm. a good winning culture at the, in the teams right now is the thing that it, that's not. Well, someone said to me, and I think it might, I don't know who it was on, on the text the other day. I think it was uh, one of our Gold Coast listeners, uh, Bondi Jack, was saying, what you're missing, Chris, is uh, you're not understanding this, is that um, the World Cup, T20 World Cup, which we won, basically handed all the roles and responsibilities over to his, his right-hand men. 
um, Michael DiVenuto uh, and McDonald as well were taking control of everything. Well, that's not the case at all. Yeah, sure, they picked up their workload, but he's still the coach. Last time I checked, he's still getting paid as a head coach. And last time I checked, he's still the head coach overseeing things. So I think it's a bit simplistic to say, well, no, others did the job at the World Cup. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and yes, I do know after, you know, all that stuff happened, there were tasks handed off to them, but absolutely. And he's still the head coach. And the other thing too is that um, the public's perception, because I think a lot of, you know, media gets caught in the little media bubble. But if we, if I'm just talking to, you know, punters in Western Sydney, my brothers are perfect examples. They don't mm. work anywhere near the media realm. Um, after our last chat, he mm. actually, my older brother called me and said, why the heck are people talking about Justin Langer getting How can they justify that? And, and that, I think, is definitely the public's perception. And I think that's representative of most of the public. Let us know. If you've got it, pick up the phone. Give us a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 There's space on the open line right now. If you do want to have your say, go on, uh, let us know. Are, are, are we off, Mark? Are, are we got our heads in the clouds? If, if you know something that I don't know, pick up the phone and have your say, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Or if you're a bit shy... Um, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Chloe, Amanda Bailey, and myself. See, hyphen Chloe, Amanda. Yeah. Yes. Hyphen is Chloe. So, if I call you Chloe, that's wrong, isn't it? But you, my friends can call me Chloe. Chloe. So you better call me Chloe, Amanda. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Boom. Chloe, Boom. Chloe. Boom. It's all good. Do you hear that? If you want to pick up the phone, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Um, love you. I'd love to get some thoughts of of you guys. Uh, Everyday cricket fans um, listening to the show, what are your thoughts? This is separate to what we hear and read in the media. What are your thoughts? Uh, are, you, are you raising your eyebrows and, and shaking your head at the thought of Justin Langer being shown the door? Um, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. All right. Um, now we've got at least one change we know for for the SCG test with Travis Head Gonski. Yeah, isn't and, everything going a bit COVID crazy at the moment, which we can yeah. expect. We're seeing it in the BBL. We're seeing um, today I saw uh, England had a batting session at the SCG, but one of the SCG net bowlers tested positive to COVID. So it was oh. some of their other staff that had to help out. We saw also Joe Root doing throwdowns in the ground, kind of taking up a bit of a coaching role. I think it's everything's going a bit haywire at the moment. Well, they have got more problems than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. The fact that they're still keeping it going is pretty incredible. The, yeah. Like, I think, you know, we only see this is what we've decided to do, but there's a lot of thought and movement that goes on behind the scenes. So, like, kudos to Creed Australia and ECB for keeping things rolling, however they're doing it. Mm. I think the same in the BBL. I saw even... Um, one of the kind of backup guys they brought in um, from Victorian cricket to mm. the Stars BBL side tested positive, so they've had to find a replacement oh, for him. A backup for, him. for a backup for a backup yes. for a backup. So it's And they're playing. Well, that's, yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that because that's something that the NRL is maybe considering too. We'll have a chat about that um, soon as well. So you, you reckon Uzi is a walk-up starter for the, the number five spot? Please, oh. Usman Khawaja. You're yes. a fan. I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of Usman Khawaja. I wanted him in the team last year over uh, Joe Burns, but I am not a selector. I don't get a say. But, um, yeah, and I think just... I know he hasn't played cricket for a month, but he said this week if he just gets 30 minutes in the middle, if he can just ride out the first 30 minutes, he'll be in his groove. And um, I believe that. And I think he will play really well because he's got something to prove.
Mm. No, no, he has, and I'm I'm a big fan of Aussie too. But, and he but, has not a bad um, test average. It's it's forty point something. I mean, that's not bad. I know. 40.668. And I think he was the second, um, this is all from memory, but I think he was the second highest run scorer in Sheffield Shield this year. Yeah. So. 460 runs at an average of 65. Um, but you've got some other contenders as well. Nick Matt, Nat Maddinson, he's done exceptionally well in the last yes, few years. Yes. His averages are right are off the charts in, in Shield. He's up around the 63 mark over the past few years. Um, and Josh Inglis, he averaged 73 in Shield last season. So, yeah, it's good that we've got a fair bit of, you know, it, Good problems options. to have, right? Good problems to have. I just think Uzi's experience um, will do them well. Um, I think it would be fair to say so far this Ashes series, the, the bowlers have been the real heroes for us. And Oh, know, my would, gosh. Would you not? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm. I mean, to bring in, uh, bring in um, Jai Richardson, Nisa, Michael Nisa, so many people were like, no, nah, Aussies are cooked in, in this second mm. test match. Mm. It was, wasn't it? Yes. Um, for Jai Richardson to come in, Nisa took those couple wickets. For Jai Richardson to get a fifer, I was just like, this is good. Our bowling stocks are so good. Mm. Um, and it's exciting to watch. And Scotty Boland, his figures, like, holy smokes. Holy smokes, Batman. Like, holy smokes, holy Batman. Holy smokes. Did you it's say so that? It's so good to Golly see. Golly gosh. Golly gosh. And then, I mean, like... It doesn't it feel unfair? Obviously, we we couldn't admit Josh Hazelwood, but wouldn't it feel unfair to Scotty Boland? But that's just how it is. Um, and I am actually super interested to see how Hazelwood is going after that side strain because a side strain is not something you come back quickly from. We saw Marcus Stoinis earlier in the year. Mm. He um, was having some issues through IPL and then into the World Cup, T20 World Cup. And even though he came back to bat, he didn't bowl because you cannot aggravate the side strain. Mm. But I would love to see Hazelwood back before the end of the Ashes. But a side strain is just not something you can mess around with. Well, I think they'll they'll probably make a decision maybe tomorrow-ish. Uh, we'll let we'll let uh, they'll hopefully well that's they'll let us know. They'll probably keep the cards close to their chest. All right, we'll stick around. Uh, you can stick around for a bit bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Before you go okay. back to Channel Ten, Channel Ten's yes. <laughs> Chloe Amanda Bailey or Chloe to her friends. Uh, this is Sports Day, a break and back with more. Yeah, you are. I just rebranded the whole program, by the way, uh, to Sports Day. Um, I guess I've got, that's my prerogative being here, but I, it was slip of the tongue. Sports Central it is, Sports Central. Uh, with me, Chris Warren, and Chloe Amanda Bailey has uh, joined us from Channel 10. Uh, Chloe hyphen Amanda, her friends can call her Chloe. That's all of you listening. There you go, listeners, you can call, <laughs> or... And I've just discovered I am allowed to call call you Chloe. Yeah? Oh, it's right. my favourite nickname. No one calls me that. There you go. You are now Chloe. Now, uh, major cricket nufty you are, right? Uh, what's happening? Uh, I've got a text to Mark from Prairie, but I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, New Zealand, Bangladesh. So mm. pretty good first innings for the Black Caps. Yeah, but I mean, I will say Bangladesh got those last wickets fairly quickly today. I was surprised. I feel like I looked away for one hour and looked back and they'd taken like the last four or five wickets. Um, Bangladesh is one for 70. Uh, we saw Devon Conway get, he had mm. an amazing innings. And so Mark Taylor, mm. sorry. <laughs> and that's Mark. his first test on home soil too, isn't it? For, yeah. For Conway. Ross Taylor is what I was going to say. Sorry. He has retired. No relation to Tubby. No, sorry. 
uh, brain no, fart. Think. Not enough coffee no. today. Um, he got out yesterday, but it looked like if you watch the vision back, it might have been out to a no ball. And uh, that hurts a bit more because this is one of his last test matches because he announced this week, he's 37 years old, that he's retiring mm. from uh, international cricket. Yeah, we also he's um, been an amazing servant. Yes. And he's had a bit, you know, early 2000, 2010s, is that how we say it? Um, you know, had a bit of a rough time, but he just seemed to be a cricketer that never, it never mm. let it get to him. Mm. And he's had a great career. Um, we also saw another retirement this week from test cricket. The South African Quinton de Kock decided after the first test match against um, India, which by the way, India just won the first Asian team to win at Centurion in South Africa. It was a great win. K.O. Raul got 123 mm. uh, on the, in the first innings. Um, yeah, Quinton de Kock, Quinton de Kock said another, taking another a step in. back uh, to focus on family. Um, Mark from Prairiewood has said, so we were talking about Scott Boland and it looks like he's going to be squeezed out the door. I mean, unbelievably so, right? He's taken six for seven or whatever. But equally, Jai Richardson at Adelaide took a fifer, a Michelle, Michelle, yeah. yeah, and he got squeezed out for Boland to come in. And recently too, AJS Patel, he took all 10 wickets in the innings for New Zealand, but yes. was squeezed out of the Black Caps team for the, this test against Bangladesh. So Mark's saying, God, when was the last time, if ever, three players didn't play the next test after taking a five or a, or a ten for? Well. We don't have those stats on hand, Mark, but I don't think it's ever happened. No, and where, the New Zealand-Bangladesh test, where are they playing right now? They are playing in New Zealand. And this is why Ajaz Patel is not... I thought you wanted the actual name of the ground. Oh, I can't pronounce it. I think it's Bay Oval, isn't it? No. Oh, I don't know. I think it might be. I think it might be. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, great to um, have you in. Um, He's put the music on nice and early. We have to go to the break. I was going to explain why Ajaz Patel was pushed up, but that's okay. All right. Take care. Thanks for coming in, Thank you so much for having me. See ya. Great to have your company on Sports Central. Uh, it's exactly 2 o'clock here in uh, in Sydney, New South Wales, and uh, 1 o'clock in Queensland. Welcome to all of our listeners, wherever you might be tuning in from. Uh, let me know. Let me know where you are if you're listening in through the SEN app. Uh, love to know where you are. Um, you might have some thoughts as well on this uh, good predicament that the Aussie Test cricket team finds itself in. Not such a great predicament for Scott Boland, who uh, took six for seven, didn't he, on uh, day three. Wasn't it? Yeah, day three. Day three Very at the MCG. Day three. And he will find himself, uh, we believe, squeezed out of the test team. But I guess that's just the way it is, isn't it? It's, it's happened many times before with batters as well, even, who have notched up big, big figures. Uh, Travis Head, we know, is in isolation. Um, he won't be playing. He will be back and available for the fifth test in Hobart. Um, and Usman Kawaja looks to be the man who will come in as, uh, I guess, almost a like-for-light swap. Uzi, we know, can play it and can open, but he will probably come into number five. Uh, team not being officially announced as yet. There are some other options, Nick Maddinson, Josh Inglis. But uh, we think Uzi certainly um, has the spot. Um, and it will be, you know, I think it would be very, very strange if he didn't get given the nod. So let's hear from uh, Uzi Kawaja um, on his thoughts about his test recall. I've done a lot of hard work to get back to this point where I am right now. You know, hopefully I can go out there and score 100 and do well and do what I can for the team. If I do get an opportunity, you know, it's always very exciting to play test cricket, but even more so SCG, um, where my old home is. I don't feel like that in my head. I still feel quite young in my head, so um, as long as that's there, um, I'll still have the fire spark. I'll keep playing the game that I enjoy. There is Uzi Kawaja. So yeah, he's been out for a couple of years and it's uh, about 10 years or maybe even 11 years since he made his um, 
his test debut. Yep. And it was also at the SCG and it was also against England. Um, so a touch of irony there. I think it's great that he, he does come back in and, and I, I'm pretty sure he will be given um, the nod. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that, though. Um, the bowling makeup, there's still a little bit of um, decisions to be made there um, on, on what will happen. But again, you, you've got a feel for uh, Scotty Boland, haven't you? Got a feel for him. But as I said earlier, when uh, Chloe was in, Chloe Amanda Bailey was in, you know, Jai Richardson could also, I guess, have felt somewhat aggrieved, couldn't he? He took a, a five for um, at Adelaide. But then he uh, made way. Mind you, he's probably more injury and rest. I think it was more of a shin problem. But he seems to be good to go, um, Jai Richardson. So it's just good that you, you, you rewind a couple of years and we've been scratching around. Really scratching around, haven't we? Outside of, you know, Stark Cummins Hazelwood, and then there were not a whole lot. You know, you had, you had a couple of others, but um, James Pattinson as well. But these days, we, it just seems that we, we could field a really strong, even if even if the big three, the big three pace uh, bowlers were gone, we, we'd still have a, a highly competitive bowling lineup that would, I think, surely match match even England. Um, you might have your thoughts on that. I see that Josh Hazelwood and Jai Richardson, they've had a, a private bowling session at the SCG yesterday. So both just trying to prove their fitness, <clears throat> um, which will push or threatens to push uh, Magic Man Scott Boland out of the team. This article written by Ben Horn in today's telly. Um, and the SCG officials will take the rare step of inviting both uh, the Australian and England uh, teams to train on the centre wicket block tomorrow on Monday. Uh, a generous move, which uh, should give selectors the best possible chance of deciphering the conditions and deciding whether to hand leg spinner Mitchell Swepson a debut as a second spin option or stick with the conventional attack. Um, News Corp understands Australia is increasingly confident it will have a, a full pace battery to choose from. Presenting an almighty headache for national selected George Bailey. Absolutely. I wouldn't like to be uh, the one to go up and tap Scotty Boland on the shoulder and say, thanks, mate, but uh, not required. Look, he'll get another shot at it, I'm sure. Um, you'd hope, wouldn't you? Um, Scotty Boland I'm talking about. He is 32. Um, and whether they go with two spinners, as, as we know, the SCG, you know, you know, five years or more, even longer than that, it, it used to uh, play really well for spinners but not so much uh, recently. I see in this article, though, um, the head curator is saying he expects, they're trying to prepare a a pitch um, which is a bit drier than they normally would have to give um, the pitch a bit of a chance to break up on days four and five, which would be conducive to to Swepson if he got the nod. Um, But I still think it's going to do a fair bit, certainly um, days one, two, and three. Um, that's what this article is, seems to be suggesting. Well, that's the pitch they're t- uh, trying to prepare for. I just hope that we get, and looking at the uh, the weather forecast, it's it may well be unlikely that we get, um, I think it'd be probably fairly, highly unlikely rather, that we get five days without any rain interruptions. Days three and four, I think some um, inclement weather is uh, is forecast. That's always the bloody case, isn't it? Or am I wrong? The last few years, it just seems to me, I remember seeing, and even on day three, um, the pink day, so many, um, so many plans have been spoiled, and so many 
people just getting soaked. I hope that's not the case. Um, I really do. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number if you want to have your say about anything cricket-wise or, or rugby league-wise. Um, you might even want to have your say about Blake Ferguson if you um, haven't uh, seen the news today. Uh, he's in a bit of hot water, Blake. Um, and I still think he had a fair bit to offer the NRL, but that's you know, that's by the by. He's He's over in Japan and was hoping to uh, kickstart a career in, in rugby union. Um, he signed a, a deal to join former Wallabies coach Michael Checker, who is uh, the director of rugby at NEC Green Rockets, uh, playing in the Japan Top League. Uh, but if you're not aware of it or across of it, he um, has been arrested, Blake Ferguson, uh, in, in Japan for allegedly possessing cocaine. Um so there you go. 31 years of age. We know he quit the NRL last year. Well, I don't think so much quit, but I don't, he wasn't offered another deal at Parramatta. And I'm not sure what the other offers from other clubs were, if there were any. Um, but he decided to go and try his hand at um, Rugby Union after a 249-game NRL career at four clubs. Okay, here's one. Name the clubs that Blake Ferguson played at. Cowboy Dan is back. Yeah. Don't look at it. Name the four clubs. So Parramatta, obviously. Your uh, club, the Roosters. Roosters. Yep. Canberra. Yep. And fourth club. Yeah, I know. So I, I didn't recall him. Um, it must have been a really brief stint. Parramatta, Roosters. Canberra. Canberra. I I know. Uh, was it? Yeah. How long ago? Was this before the Don't Roosters know. or after the Roosters? Uh, Roosters, he left in twenty eighteen. Yeah, before. It was Cronulla. Do you Cronulla. do a wiki? Find out when he, how many games he played at uh, at Cronulla. So they're the four clubs: uh, Blake Ferguson, Parramatta Roosters, Canberra, and Cronulla. Um, we had a text in here earlier. I'm just trying to scour through and, and find it now. Just on Blake Ferguson, and I, sorry, I can't find it at the moment. But and I'm I'm not sure who sent it. But it was along the lines of I tell you what, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to be busted um, with drugs on said possession over in that part of the world because um, they're quite stringent, aren't they? They're quite strict with um, what he, they, they he, do to you. He actually played 42 games for Cronulla. In fact, he debuted with them. He played there with you them go. So it was before Chooks, 09, 10. Yeah, before, and before Canberra, actually, as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm trying to find that text for you as well, Chris. Oh, it doesn't. I can't find it. 0457 736 736 is, uh, is the text line. Uh, Fergo has allegedly blown a great rugby opportunity. It was from Roosterman. Uh, why would you do or even contemplate doing drugs in Tokyo? Asia has a very hard line stance. You're right, Roosterman. Um, the mind boggles. The mind boggles, you know. And I'm not just not Blake. I mean, across the board, we've seen a number of high-profile sports people over the years with the dream job. I mean, God, how many of us would give our right arm to, well, you couldn't play if you gave your right arm, but you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, being an elite sportsman on, on a great contract. Um, can't you just toe the line? Can't you toe the line for a yep. few years? Only 31 years Is it really that difficult? You know, it's not my go, right? I don't do that sort of stuff. Never have. No. I, I like my shandies, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but I just don't, I don't get why these privileged elite sports people can't just shelve the bad habits for a while and then when you retire and it's no longer your source of income and you're no longer in the shop window and you're no longer in the public profile, well, then go and do whatever you want to do. Mm. But I don't get it. Anyway, um, each to their own, um, but to their own detriment too, must be said. 
0457736736 is that open line, uh, the text number, if you'd like to um, get involved with us. We've got a fair bit still to get through. We're here until uh, till 4 o'clock at the back end of the show. We're going to talk a bit of, a bit of boxing too. Uh, Mark Warren from Rocked Podcast, he's going to join us and uh, go through, um, well, what his top five moments in boxing were from last year. Um, and I'm pretty sure I know what most of them would be. Surely, um, George Cambosis Jr., he's got to be number one, I would have thought, but I won't uh, I won't preempt no. what Mark is going to talk about. And also going to look, back, uh, look at some predictions for the year to come um, as well. Mark from Prairie Wood, uh, read your text earlier, and I was talking to Chloe about that, and you're saying, my God, what about when would be the, the you know, three players didn't get to play in the next test after taking five wickets, um, i.e. Jai Richardson, um, six wickets, um, Scott Boland, and then all ten wickets in an innings, uh, Jazz Patel, which he did for New Zealand and was subsequently dropped. Um, but, you know, the wicket they're playing on now is not a is not a spinner's pitch. So that's why Patel is not there. But um, still, you're entitled to maybe sort of roll your eyes a little bit. Uh, by the way, just that uh, day two of the second test between New Zealand and Bangladesh, uh, 328, um, the Black Cap Scott. And it is at Bay, o- Bay Oval. I was right there. Mount Manganui, uh, one for 76, uh, Bangladesh, one for 76. So uh, Bangladesh trail New Zealand by 252 runs with nine wickets remaining. That's in the in the first innings, obviously. All right, we might take um, a bit of a break. I might go and see if I can rustle up a sandwich in the kitchen out there and and, and scoff it in four minutes while we um, go to these commercials, and then we'll we'll come back with more. I look forward to it. De Bruyne lifted up towards Rodri. Yes, indeed, and that extends their lead at the top of the English Premier League. A two-one victory for Mel uh, for Manchester City, rather, um, in stoppage time over Arsenal, and uh, things got pretty heated over there. Joining us now to talk a bit of English Premier League um, from Wide World of Sports at uh, at Channel Nine. Um, it's a very warm welcome to Matt Bunga. Matt, how are you, mate? Hey, Chris, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really well. Um, well, let's start there, shall we? I didn't watch all, all of that match. I've seen some some mm. snippets, some highlights. Um, firstly, gee, they left it late. Yeah, I mean, look, Arsenal's really turned the corner in the last couple of months. I think if you remember back to the start of the season, they were sort of very much uh, getting death-righted uh, by not just their fans, but by fans of um, other players as well. They started really slow. They lost their first three games. But since then, they've rebounded really, really well. And this was a great test a great chance for them to show that they could hang with the big boys. And they don't get any bigger than Manchester City this year. But, yeah, I thought they were great in the first half. They were a little bit unlucky with that penalty, but I think I think on reflection, looking back on the VR, it was the right call. And then, yeah, just, just some desperately bad luck at the very end there. So, you know, I, I deflected shot to fall. It could fall anywhere, really, but, of course, it falls to Pedro, who, who tapped it in. But, yeah, um, Manchester City keep rolling. I think that if Liverpool and Chelsea play out a draw tonight, I think that's you could pretty much put a bow on the league at this point. I know it's crazy to say with what another 15, yeah. 16, 17 games left, but yeah, it's already looking, they're looking extremely ominous this year, even by their very lofty standards. You go on the early crow, eh? So I'll just go through the ladder as we speak. So Man City uh, at way out in front, uh, 53, Chelsea 42, Liverpool 41. 
um, we'll talk about that match tonight in a moment. Just back on mm. um, what happened between um, Man City then and, and Arsenal, though, other than getting the late winner. Um, there was some big drama there. Bottles thrown onto the onto the pitch. All sorts went off um, over, I guess, Arsenal um, being aggrieved over a couple of decisions um, by the VAR, one in particular. Yeah, so, I mean, it's quite interesting. It's a, it's a rare sort of, and you, you get this as a fan from time to time, it's a rare sort of um, double, I guess, insult when you get a penalty awarded against you by VAR that you feel probably wasn't a foul, and then also you have a penalty that you probably could have got for your team on VAR that isn't given, which is what happened to Arsenal in this game. Um, it was reading in the UK Telegraph earlier, Keith Hackett mm. is a former uh, Premier League referee was saying he thought that it was clearly, uh, Arsenal clearly should have had a penalty in the first half there when Edison uh, fouled Martin Odegaard. And he said he was very surprised that Vardy can give it. I think ultimately, I think they're probably both penalties, I think. Like, I'm happy with the, the call on Bernardo Silva there. I think if you look back, Xhaka clearly grabbed his shirt, gives him a bit of a tug, and you, it's a really silly thing to do. It's a bit soft, but um, as soon as you grab someone like that, it's a foul. But yeah, the, at the other end, I think that one's a penalty as well. So, and I think that if Arsenal are winning that game 2-1 rather than it being one all, I think maybe they're a little bit more withdrawn and a little bit more cautious in the last few minutes of that game. And then maybe if you don't get that late winner and, and we end up with the, you know, the, the reverse result of what we had. And instead, you know, we're talking about how great Arsenal's resurgence has been. But yeah, and then, yeah, of course, at the end, Pedro running over to the fans and copping a few bottles. I mean, yeah, you don't like to see that um, at, at any ground. Um, and yeah, it's... Uh, a pretty funny story. I was reading a book about like the history of like the biggest rivalries in soccer once, and, and they've given I think Dallas Hatteras and commemorative. And every time, whenever they're getting close, we've just we've just lost you there, Matt. We've just lost you there. I don't know if you're um in a, in a bad reception area, but um the punchline of that little anecdote we sort of lost. So take us through that again. Hopefully the reception's okay. You can guess what happened. Yeah, can you hear me now? Got you loud and clear. Yeah, so you can guess what happened, obviously, is the first time the opposition team went over to the corner to take a corner, they got pelted by that 10,000 DVDs. So, um, <laughs> uh, which, you know, you shouldn't laugh, but at the same time, it, it, no. it, it's just a bit silly when things like this happen. And um, thankfully, no one was hurt in this case. Like, there was no one hit by, like, a coin or anything like that. It was, thankfully, it looked like just bottles and other stuff. But, yeah, bottles throwing aside, I think Arsenal do have a little bit of a right to be a bit aggrieved and just feel, and, and not necessarily aggrieved, but also just a bit unlucky in sort of how they lost that game. And on another day, they could have easily drawn if not won it. I guess it's a bit more of a story from our point of view too. Uh, am I right in saying because there was an Aussie in the in the VAR yeah, box? Yeah, that's right. Well, that's right. I mean, Jared Gillett's obviously no stranger to contentious calls. He, of course, gave probably the most contentious call in, in A-League history, if you remember back in that uh, grand final between Brisbane Roar and Perth Glory when he gave Bessart Barisha that penalty in the, mm. in the in injury time to win the game. And yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, he's by all accounts doing a pretty good job over there. But I think that's the second time this year. I remember. I think he he had a he had a bad call against Leeds as well earlier in the season. So that's a couple that yeah, I'm not too sure about. I don't know whether that they've been instructed to give fewer penalties if, if they're less obvious. But that does seem to be the case this year. And then there are a couple of times where I've watched back the challenges that are ignored and just thought, geez, I'm not sure how that wasn't given. I think that one on Odegaard overnight is, is one of those examples. Mm. Uh, other results uh, there, Matt, last night, the, the couple of games. So Tottenham uh, 1-0 away to Watford and uh, West Ham, they they continue their good form 3-2 at Crystal Palace. 
Yeah, interesting with the um, with the Crystal Palace game. Uh, their manager Patrick Vieira, obviously Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira, um, was yellow carded after the final whistle. So he he now has uh, he's now been uh, booked in the 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s as a mm. as either a player or a coach. So pretty funny stat there. Um, but yeah, West Ham um, very decent results. And they got got a bit hairy towards the end, but they they did enough and they continue to just sort of tread water in that top half of the table. Um, whether they can hold on for European mm. place is another story. Um, and then, yeah, Spurs as well. I mean, a brutal, brutal way to lose for Watford, especially when you consider the re- sort of relegation battle they're up against and just how late and how preventable the goal they conceded was. Mm. I mean, everybody who was watching that game could see what Hyun Min Song was going to do with that free kick. He was going to try and whip it in towards the front post and hope it flicked off someone into the goal. And that's exactly what happened. And it must be frustrating from a fan's point of view when you're watching it. And literally everyone knows what he's going to do. And he does it. And it still works. Mm. So, yeah. we, uh, we're running a little short of time. A prediction then, mate, if I can just get that for you very quickly uh, between tonight's match, Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah, I'll have to wait. I'll, I'll tentatively say Liverpool. I think Chelsea's form at the moment has been a bit patchy. They're still a bit out of sorts. Not sure how COVID-stricken Liverpool are. I read some rumours that Alisson and Firmino might not be playing because of COVID. Jurgen Klopp's not travelled with the team, so it'll be managed by their assistant manager. But um, just going on what the teams that I think they're going to name are, like, you know, COVID could change it later. I'll pro- I'd, I'd like Liverpool to win that one um, as well. And hopefully Leeds can get a win over Burnley too. Okay. All right, mate. Thanks for joining us, Matt. I really appreciate you taking some time out there. Thanks, Chris. Anytime. Cheers. Great stuff. There he is, Matt Bungard from the Wide World of Sport. Hope you're well. Uh, Ten to three, over oh, six to three, six to three here in uh, in New South Wales, and six to two in Queensland. Great to have your company, um, Sports Central. Chris Warren with you for the next hour or so. Uh, keep those text messages coming through if you want to pick up the phone and have a chat. Well, feel free to do that as well. Always uh, weigh into the conversation. Um, now, news out this morning or, or this afternoon, in fact, only a few hours ago, was that uh, Glenn McGrath is the latest uh, person uh, within the cricket fraternity. Um, you know, a high profile person. Uh, he's uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, they are host. They say he feels well. Um, he's home isolating with his family in line with uh, health requirements. Uh, they are hopeful that Glenn will uh, be fine um, and return a negative result in time to attend day three of the pink test, known as the Jane McGrath Day on January 7 at the SCG. So fingers crossed that will be the case. I'm sure he'll do everything uh, he can to be there. Uh, I'm actually going to be talking to Glenn McGrath tomorrow. I'll be hosting breakfast uh, here, or actually mornings here tomorrow. Um, and joining me will be uh, Dougie Bollinger. But Glenn McGrath will join us too a bit after 11. Still plenty to come. A break and back with more. Yes, indeed you are. It's 17 past three here in Sydney, which would mean it's 17 past two in Queensland. And welcome to our, our listeners in uh, New Zealand through SENZ. Uh, as well, uh, Bangladesh doing okay in that uh, day two of that uh, that test match at uh, Mount Manganui. Uh, one for 125, the Bangladesh men are. One for 125 in reply to New Zealand's 328 in the first inning. So doing very, very well indeed. Just on cricket too, um, I had a text here. Where did it go? Uh, Wahman, this is from Paramat. Wahman, a tweet from Melinda Farrell about an hour ago. Looks like England's training session has been d- disrupted because one of the SCG net bowlers has reportedly tested positive for COVID and the other net bowlers have been deemed close contacts. And so there are no net bowlers available for the Poms. Oh, sorry about that, fellas. My goodness, every everywhere we turn, we've got COVID uh, stories. But Chloe was telling us earlier about that too, wasn't she? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, thank you anyway for that 
Paramat. All right, uh, time now to talk a bit of boxing. This is Rocked. Yes, indeed. And to do that uh, is uh, Mark Warren. Good afternoon, Mark. Thanks for your time. I'm okay, but I'm telling you, I'm a little confused and still bewildered. Happened to go to the bar at the Newport Arms for these two he's new with a dash of lemonade. I thought I was drinking with Nana Ryan, God bless her soul. Anyway, you do as you do, I suppose. Yeah, you do. You just got to uh, you got to move on, righto? Uh, before we get into boxing, um, happy New Year to uh, to yourself. All all good, all well. Yeah, I, as I said, um, you cooked up. A, we had a beautiful little drink there with some of your cronies from the and Spud and some of the cronies from the Newport Arms. It was a lovely evening. The fireworks were brilliant. A, a great backdrop, and I can understand why you call that your local. And a very nice breakfast too, Chris. Thank you. No worries at all. Thank you. No worries at all. That's yeah, what, yeah. That's what... I, just, I just heard you saying that New Zealand were joining you on SEN. I went, mm-hmm. wow, wow. And your next word was Bangladesh. And I thought, oh, my goodness gracious, how good are they going? They're also into Bangladesh. Oh, mate, mate. We're quick enough, though. No, but we are a bur- we're a burgeoning company. Burgeoning, and we're we're reaching out everywhere, growing by the day. Let's talk some boxing. It's been a really yeah. a really good year um, for boxing, particularly from you know with looking through Aussie uh, an Aussie lens. But we're not just going to talk Australian boxing. You're going to give us your yeah. your big five moments from 2021. So let's get straight into it, and we'll start with number five. We'll go down to uh, number one, which I think I might know yeah. what it is. Number five, though, um, he continues to climb the ladder, and uh, last outing he, he really dined out on Japanese. Yes, Zoom, go. pressing oh! Destructive performance from Zoo. Plays his right hand that misses. They tangle again and he gets another body shot. They've stopped the fight. Of course they have. And he's an all new Zoo. And now he's a superstar. Mm. Timmy Zoo. That was a good call. i got to say that. That was a good call from Ben Damon. But I think the new Zoo is coming. But we'll get to him. We'll get to him shortly. I was speaking to Brad Hardman from Dreamtime Fighters. And uh, he's got a great story, does so much work for the Indigenous community. And I also, one of your regular correspondents, Billy the Kid, Tim has cleaned out his backyard. There's one big question mark, and um, we'll get to that in predictions. He continues to take international class fighters into deep waters, and then he, he drowns them. I've just fallen in love with his body shots and his pinpoint headshot accuracy. And as you said, he dined out on Japanese. Takeshi Inoue, who, as it turned out on this show, or with yourself, I said his biggest uh, strength was his walk-up tough attitude, uh, a slugger, and it was also going to be his demise, and it was, as Tim Zhu clinically took the Japanese fighter apart. A world-class fighter, as was Dennis Hogan, and the list continues. Tim Zhu, uh, the world at his feet, but that's the moment, certainly, dining out on Japanese. At number four, and we've got another highlight piece here, a total superstar who, uh, who stops Showtime. Timmy's on the apron, and he's stopping the fight. His father says it's over. Terrence Crawford has just stopped Sean Porter. No man has done that. Mm. Wow. Some fighter. Wow. Yeah, he is a superstar, Chris, I think. The one fight that everyone's screaming for is against 
Errol Spence Jr. Now, he had a, a very ba- bad car accident. He's back in the ring. It's the one fight that everyone all over the world wants to see. He's pound for pound number three in the world. He fights Showtime Sean Porter. He's never been off his feet. He fights only the best of the best. And Crawford, he was actually told at the end of the ninth round by his corner, you're behind on points. Whether it was motivation or not, I I think, again, on this show, I had the cards very, very close. But Bud Crawford, with that little piece of consult from the corner, he closes the show. No thanks to Porter's trainer and father, Kenny Porter, though, which I thought was disgraceful post-fight. But the, the trainer knows best, and he pulls up the fight after the second knockdown. But Terence Crawford uh, produces a superstar performance mm. at number four. At number four. Well, let's count down. Uh, and uh, at number three, it's the Gypsy King. He is the winner by way of knockout, and he is still the undefeated WBC and lineal heavyweight champion of the world, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. You've got a special spot Just for amazing. Tyson, haven't you? You love Tyson. Uh, I love him. I love him. Total love. I was there on, I think, February 21 or 22 of 2020 for the second fight at the MGM Grand Casino. Six foot nine, Wilder, six foot seven. And the atmosphere, I've never felt an atmosphere like that before. Um, Gypsies came from absolutely every corner of the, the globe. Now, the reason why the moment to steal a JJ Rocker quote this is the for the trilogy fight that if aliens came to earth this is the fight that he'd press play on to explain what boxing is all about one of the greatest heavyweight fights in history a big call a fair call and one that i'll be playing for decades to come in short wilder is fury's bunny and he has his number that's number three at number two let's ask the question is there any stopping this mexican future hall of famer Canelo acting like he's already knocked him out. And it is over. They have stopped the fight. They have stopped the fight. It is over. Canelo gets the knockout win. Stop the fight. Saul Canelo Alvarez, number two. Can you believe that? Do you know what Canelo means, Chris? You did tell me when we spoke earlier in the year, refresh. Little cinnamon in reference to his ginger hair. Hair colour, yes, that's right. Yeah. He becomes boxing's sixth undisputed champion. He joins Bud Crawford, Terence Crawford, a junior welder. Bernard Hopkins, one of my favourites, the executioner. Alexander Usyk, we'll talk about him when we talk about predictions. Jermaine Taylor, freak middleweight. Josh Taylor. The current junior welterweight champ, 140-pounder. That's the Costa Zoo division, who I believe was the best at 140. He becomes the only fighter to unify the super middleweight division in its 37-year history with his dismantling of Caleb Plant, who went in with a plan. But it all comes undone, it seems, when you fight this Mexican superstar, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Uh, just just an absolute freak and a pay-per-view. A pay-per-view... Well, I suppose, yeah, well, yeah in, in Manny's league and in Floyd's league, certainly. 
It'd be nice to see what revenue each of those fighters and De La Hoya to a certain extent have generated through pay-per-view. Yeah, he comes in at number two. And again, we'll mention him in predictions for 2022. He's at number two. All right, well, that brings us down to number one. And all roads in boxing seem to be coming out of the Shire. He's yeah. still undefeated. And the new IBF, WBO, WBA, WBC franchise, and Ring Magazine lightweight champion of the world, George Ferocious Cambosa. Did he what? Did he what? And uh, oh, what an event! What an event! Wow, what an event! And I won't, I won't forget it because I was sitting on the floor watching on the, the phone as our casting dropped out a few times with Bobby Warren and Joey Warren, the undisputed lightweight champion who did what millions around the planet said was impossible, or to steal an Ali quote, impossible is nothing. Madison Square Gardens, uh, a field of dreams, hosted what was. Built to be fight of the century, which was Ali Frazier uh, won, that is, Ali Frazier won, and fittingly played host to this absolute canvas classic. He beats Tiafimo Lopez, pound-for-pound superstar, and shakes up the world in the, arguably the hottest division in our punch-for-pay sport. Not just beating Lopez, but beating the man who beat the man, Vasily Lomachenko, who still sits at number eight, in the pound-for-pound rankings across all divisions mm. and pushes Lopez out of the top 10 pound-for-pounders and probably signals his end at lightweight, and he is already going up. He's going up in weight to that 140-pound division. We are going to look ahead to some predictions in 2022, Mark. We have to, yep. hopefully you can do this, we have to cross out to the tennis update. I want to go through predictions, and if, if you could maybe yep. come back in 10 minutes or so, 10 or 15 minutes, and we'll go through oh. uh, some predictions for 2022. You okay to do that? Yeah, but it's getting hot in the beach chair. Mm. Well, you do what you need to do to keep you cool. We've got to get out to the tennis um, because BP is out there. He's on-court announcer and he's only got a real short window. I want to come back to the prediction, so we'll go to him and come back to you if that's your if that's okay with you. Totally fine. I'll slip, slop, slap. Bye. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. That's Mark Warren from the Rocked Podcast. This is Rocked. And great to have your company again. Welcome to our listeners uh, in New Zealand through SENZ. Uh, Chris Warren with you for the next uh, 25 minutes, and then I'm out of here. I'll be back on mornings tomorrow and also on Tuesday. Brett Phillips is out there at Sydney Olympic Park uh, covering the ATP Cup. He's more than covering it. He's almost He almost is the ATP Cup. On-court announcer as well. <laughs> How are you, Brett? G'day, Chris. Yes, juggling. Uh, lots of juggling, but uh, no, it's, uh, look, it's great to be in Sydney. It's uh, it's a different feeling ATP Cup, I've got to say. You know, when mm. I was here for the first edition a couple of years ago at Ken Rosehall Arena when we had the sole venue and the other ties were in Brisbane and uh, Perth, I mean, the atmospheres were uh, absolutely electric. Now, I mean, COVID is probably certainly playing a little bit of a part here. Um, but look, the tennis is good. I mean, the players are appreciating matches at this time of year coming off their off-seasons, uh, gearing up for the Australian Open in just over two weeks. But 
Yeah, she's uh, a little flat in the atmosphere, but hopefully yeah. it'll build. The Aussies to play tonight, and hopefully it'll build throughout the week because, yeah, a couple of years ago, as I said, you had the Greek fans, the Aussie fans, the Serbian fans. Mm. Uh, every nationality had uh, this sort of raucous soccer crowd, which I think is important for this event to be successful. But it's still very much in its infancy. But, yeah, right now I'm just watching... Uh, Big John, uh, John Isner, 36 years of age. Looks like he played for another 10 years, John, the way he's uh, still serving those Thunderbolts. And Taylor Fritz, uh, who's become the number one American uh, of a different generation. Uh, they've had a, a terrific day, both in singles. They look like they're going to win the doubles here against uh, Felix Auger, Ali Asim, and Dennis Shapovalov, the two young stars from Canada. So, yeah, Team USA are doing a nice job. Mm. Uh, and Russia and uh, and France are, are mm. up against each other as well. So you've got Medvedev and, and Umber, I think. What's that one set apiece? And uh, Medved- yep. Medvedev's up 5-4 um, there in the third. Uh, looking ahead to tonight, we won't keep you long, mate, because I know you are jug- literally juggling balls at the moment out there. Uh, looking ahead to tonight, it's a big ask for, uh, for the Aussie boys, isn't it? An even bigger ask is uh, James Duckworth has uh, pulled out yeah. as our number two singles player. Now, he was due to play Yannick Sinner. We know Dean what Ball played Berrettini. A little bit of hip soreness uh, for James. He's just not quite right. So that means that Max Purcell, who is the third sort of singles, who can obviously play very mm. good doubles, uh, he, he will come in tonight, which is a big occasion for Max. I've got high hopes for him that he can crack the top 100 this year. I think he's going in the right direction, but... Yeah, James physically hasn't quite uh, come up. So we'll uh, we'll see how the Aussies go. It's a, it's a big ask against probably the strongest team, arguably the strongest team of the ATP Cup with Sinner and Berrettini. And then they've got Sonigo as well, who's ranked uh, inside that top 30. So 16 nations. We've got to finish uh, top two in our group to pass through, right? Yeah, correct. Yep. So it's uh, yeah going to be certainly tough uh, against the Italians, but... Look, I've got to say, a couple of years ago, the ATP Cup brought out the best, certainly in Alex Dimonor, brought out these best that he actually was spent and uh, injured his abdominal because he put in so much work and had to pull out of the Australian Open. So we don't want to mm. go you know, too hard that he misses the Aussie Open, but he only knows how to play one way, as we know, Alex, and that's to go mm. uh, full tilt. But it's a fascinating year, Chris, you know, coming up for him. Where, where does he go from here? He's got himself inside the top 20. He's dipped out. The level of talent around him is... You know, getting better, the next crop are coming. Where's his place going to be? He's got a, a fair bit of work this year to um, you know, stay with that pack of young talent. Mm, absolutely. Mate, thanks for taking a bit of time out. I've got loads more I want to ask you. I might save that for tomorrow. I think you're going to drop into our, our show tomorrow on, on morning. Yep. So I'll, I'll talk to you then, Brett. Thanks again. Good man. Thanks, great, Chris. Great stuff. There is BP. Always willing to uh, put his hand up for a chat. Uh, no matter how busy he is. So, um, again, thank you to him. Um, and a big job ahead for uh, our boys out there tonight at Sydney Olympic Park, um, particularly Alex Diminor, the number one ranked Australian, up against um, Berrettini, Matteo Berrettini. All right, we better take a another quick break. Uh, we've got part two of our, our, our boxing segment, if you like, um, to get through as well. We've been through the five big moments um, from Mark Warren from Rock Podcast. After the break, we're going to have a few predictions for 2022. Yes, you are. We're about to resume our, our boxing chat and with some predictions uh, going forward for 2022. Just before we do that, just a round-the-grounds update for you in cricket. Uh, Big Bash match has already started between Perth Scorchers and Melbourne Stars. Scorchers 
uh, decided to uh, bat first after winning the, the bat flip, if you like, and uh, a good start for them. They're one for 27, so decent run rate anyway. One for 27, um, 2.4 overs gone in that one. Also, uh, in terms of uh, live cricket, again, uh, welcome to our listeners through uh, New Zealand, listening on SENZ uh, in your first innings, 328 New Zealand. That was yesterday into the third session against Bangladesh at uh, Mount Manganui. Uh, Bay Oval, I think it is, isn't it? Yes, it is. Bay Oval and uh, Bangladesh doing really, really well. One for 145. All right, let's uh, pivot back and uh, get the gloves on again. This is rocked. So Mark Warren rejoins us after uh, sitting back in the deck chair and just uh, recollecting, regathering his thoughts there. We had the n- number five uh, big moments of the year from last year and the ferocious George Cambosis Jr. He came in at number one. Well, how do you want to play this, Marco? Um, you got five five predictions. How many have you got for us? Uh, yeah, one time. Yeah, I, I got five. I've got five. Yeah, no particular order. Absolutely, no particular that. order. So these could happen any time in the next uh, twelve months. Uh, all right, shoot away. Number five. What do you think? Uh, I think. Well, look, some of them are quite straightforward, but a little bit of creativity sneaked in. Tim Zoo. Mm-hmm. gets a shot, another Australian to take the straps, either Brian Castania or Jamel Charlo. As it stands, we're told their rematch after a hotly disputed first encounter. If negotiations still fall over, then I see Tim Zhu get a chance to grab the straps, mandated and in Vegas. But let's get a little creative, as I mentioned, and double down. I, I see Tim fighting in Russia in 2022. He's on record is saying he wants to fight there. Uh, he has a great team and great sponsors. Uh, no limit behind him. Real power behind him. Kostya Zhu has great respect and a lot of pull in Russia. In fact, he's also mates with Vladimir. And that's quite factual. And it was always the dream of Bill Morty to take Kostya Zhu to fight at Red Square. So let's put that down, not for early, but for late 2022. Tim Zhu goes to Red Square. Okay, so um, does he fight for, firstly, firstly, he fights for his first world title in 2022. Is that the same fight that happens in Russia, or are you saying there might might be a second fight in Russia, no, in think, your predictions? I, I, I think he fights Castanio or Charlo. Either way, if that fight goes ahead, he fights the winner. If And that will happen in the first half of 2022, but there's a couple more predictions that involve the Zoo family. And then late 2022, just being creative and let's see what happens. Watch this space and see a defence in Red Square. All right. I like it. Tim Zhu, world title fight and possibly a fight um, in Russia. Righto. There's uh, one prediction. We've got four to go for 2022. How out there do you want me to get? Don't um, care. Well, I know you're quite out there, so go for it. <laughs> Nikita Zhu. Well, the first part of the Nikita Zhu prediction is that he takes the pound uh, the paper punch younger brother uh, of, younger brother of Tim same weight division correct same weight division south poor but this one's identical stance to Kostya except he's a south poor and he is a knockout artist now I see him stacking two or three professional fights together in the first six months now the second part is where we get creative is that Tim has said he won't fight Michael Zarafa. Now, 
the rapper is already lined up to fight the extremely confident Isaac Hardman. He, he, he's high on confidence. He's unbeaten. But I'm hearing that No Limit and the rapper's camps are starting to talk again. Now, this is show business. So people will still start, will pretty shortly start to hear the push for Tim and Michael's the rapper. But I've got a twist on this. Just say Nikita takes the ranks, as I said, by storm. And he will. And I know it's a big ask to take on this man who stands at 33 fights and 29 wins and 18 KOs. I, who's to say that he doesn't say, well, you can fight Nikita. You can fight Nikita, Michael. Nikita Zoo, Michael Zarafa, second half of 2022. Now, that is out there. And mm. then you can have a crack at me if you get past Nikita Zoo. Mm. Well, um, the Zoo camp, none too keen to fight uh, Zarafa. Um, what did you say? What did they say next time it would be in a car park? Maybe. In a car park. Tim said, I'm not fighting you in a car park. But Nikita didn't say that. Nikita didn't say that. All right. So Tim Zhu, a shot at a world title and possibly a fight in Russia in 2022. Younger brother Nikita, possibly to fight Michael Zarafa. Righto, we've got three more predictions for 2022. Now, remember, this is boxing, so it's all about talk and chat and debate. So mm. it hopefully gets the tongues wagging. Alvarez goes up to Cruiserweight. He says he wants to fight at Cruiserweight. I can't believe this. And take on the Ukrainian cruiserweight who is simply unbeatable, Alexander Yusik. But Alvarez finally finds that weight stops horses, trains, and humans, and Yusik keeps the cruiserweight CV intact. But note, he says he's already wanting to return to heavyweight, and he said that already. So perhaps do we see only the second loss on the great Alvarez CV, wait and see. Uh, because eventually weight will catch up with you. All righty. Um, number two. Number two. Number two predictions. This, I'm talking to Mark Warren, by the way, of uh, Rocked Podcast, and you can go and uh, check that out, Rocked Podcast, anytime you will. He's got JJ Rocker on there as well. Number two, what do you got? And we'll be dropping in two weeks' time, our first of 2022. Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk. Mm-hmm. because he comes back to heavyweight. But now he walks in movable object, six foot nine Tyson. Uh, there was pictures out of Vegas showing him at the fights with Usyk. They posed the photos together. Usyk looked like a lightweight standing next to him. And I believe that Tyson Fury uh, gets the points over Usyk off a really long jab and a natural heavyweight in Tyson Fury. The Gypsy King prevails in 2022. All right. And Deontay Wilder, did he, did he call it time? What's the future with him? Just off the, off the, a lot of pay-per-view fights out there for him. Uh, A a lot of, a lot of heavyweight fights for him. Uh, He, he's walked the walk, if you like, down the same, down the same path as, as the Gypsy King. So, you know, the heavyweight division, uh, they're screaming for the fight still, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. And of course, Usyk took all those belts. Mm. So, Fury wants Usyk now. I think he's gone up the rung, and although the numbers will suggest, I would think out of Great Britain, that the the fight they all want to see is Fury versus Anthony Joshua. I think Fury Usyk will be first on the agenda. All righty, so there's four predictions. Give me one more prediction, Mark Warren, for 2022 in the ring. Okay. Stay with me. Mm -hmm. Lou DiBella is the promoter of George Cambosis Jr. Totally well-respected 
uh, a legend of the sport. Now, he doesn't have a platform. And by way of means, I mean he doesn't have a zone. He doesn't have the top-ranked platforms. He's not with Showtime or HBO exclusive. So he needs a platform. So I see Eddie Hearns, Uncle Eddie, stepping up to the plate and signing George Cambosis Jr., even if it's as a platform promoter for DAZN. Now, if that happens, if that happens, we see a mega Australian fight, whether it's Devin Haney, whether it's Lomachenko, whether it's the tank Javonta Davis or, or the, the, the Instagram superstar Ryan Garcia with, with hands of lightning, and he fights uh, a massive outdoor Australian-based mega fight. Now, that, if he can do that with Eddie Hearns, brings in Brock Jarvis onto the same card. It brings in another social media superstar who punches beautifully Ebony Bridges. Sky Nicholson, the Olympian, has just signed with Matchbox. I mentioned Brock Jarvis. Liam Paro is now with Matchbox, uh, his first win in the United States by unanimous decision as is uh, Dempsey McKean, the Tower of Terror. He just won his first outing in America. They're all out of the matchbox stable. Now, you put that card together, they will fill any stadium in Australia. Uh, so it's a Cambosis Jr. to join matchbox or in conjunction with Lou DiBella and putting together what could be the biggest fight card that Australia has possibly ever seen. Beautiful. Love it. Mark Warren from Rock Podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us here on Sports Central. My pleasure, Christopher. This is Rocked. Well, there it is. There it is. Uh, some big predictions there from uh, Mark Warren. He of the same surname. And as I always say, that's for a very good reason. I saw you uh, had a nice Christmas day together. We did. You did? Posted, yes. Or he posted something on social media. Family, yes, yes. yes. He, uh, yeah, we had a, a photo there out there with uh, with Dad, with Rabs, yep. and, um, you know, it's just quite chilled, quite a chilled afternoon. Always good. Um, did have a few shandies. Shandies, yes, had I a, wondered if you... We're going to be off air pretty soonish, aren't we? Yeah, um, in a couple I'll, of minutes. A couple of minutes. Let me just go through before we um, bundy off. I better get an update score on this cricket. A couple of texts are coming through as well. Um, on the, the, the BBL, um, I haven't got the answers there. We're, we're covering some, uh, the A-League, women's A-League coming up. Yep, that's next. coming up. Um, Melbourne Victory and Brisbane Raw. Yes, correct. That's um, taking us through until the later BBL match tonight. Yep, which will be with Jimmy Smith and Doug Bollinger on air from 7pm in Sydney, Sydney time. Okay, so that's... Um, all right. Okay, so they yeah. they've got the Thunder match covered, hey? Yeah, Perth Scorchers at the moment as well, Chris. They're one for forty nine or five point two overs. One for forty nine or five point two. That's a handy start for Very them, isn't start. it? Um, I'm just looking elsewhere. My scores have gone down on me here, but I can dial them back up. And uh, Bangladesh for our New Zealand listeners through SENZ two. Bangladesh two for one forty seven. Two for one forty seven. So um, very good start for them too. In reply to New Zealand's. Uh, all out 328. Um, so, yeah, you can join um, you can join Jimmy Smith uh, later on with Dougie Bollinger too, mm. right? With Dougie Bollinger. Both for, of them together. For that match. What? <laughs> yes. Calling the game to get there. Yeah, exactly. of course. Of course both they are. Them, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Strikers and Sydney Thunder. So, yeah, that should be a, uh, a good match. 
Well, Cowboy Dan, uh, thank you, mate. Thank, thank you for this afternoon. Fun. Thank you to our, our listeners as well. Hope you've enjoyed the last four hours. Uh, and to all of our guests as well, Chloe Amanda Bailey from Channel 10. She popped in for half an hour. Always good to see her smiley face in the house. And uh, to all of you who have sent a text through, thank you very much. I will join you again uh, tomorrow for mornings from 9am. Dougie Bollinger will be in the studio with me. We will do it again also uh, on on Tuesday as well. So Correct. until we meet again, um, I do know where and I do know when. That will be tomorrow from 9am. Keep smiling. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.